And welcome back to the firmware update episode 219 or 218, two years later. I'm one of your hosts. Yeah, one year later. Okay, two years later. <laughs> uh, well, no, no, I did that review for uh, The Surge 2, so. Yeah, that was a year ago. Yeah, there you go. So I'm back a year later. I don't know where you've been. <laughs> Folks. <laughs> <laughs> that was a year ago, too. I, I'm one of your hosts, Malcolm Spinetti. Joining me once again is Joe Garcia. Joe, how in the fuck are you? God fucking damn, it's oh. been so long. <laughs> yeah. There's and all this time, the world is completely upside down and on fire. Oh, my God, folks. We're, we'll go into that. Uh, but first, Joe, how have you been su- surviving the plague? <laughs> oh, man. Uh just isolating, basically. Uh, I've got roommates, so I'm not completely alone. But man, it's uh, it's a lot. <laughs> now, I, admittingly, and this is the one where I owe the world an apology because when the whole COVID thing hit, uh, I was one of those like it doesn't seem that bad. It just seems like uh, a more, slightly more advanced flu. Don't get me wrong. I still stayed inside because, honestly, you just need to give me an excuse to not go anywhere and I'm going to take it. But uh, <laughs> uh, wore the mask, the whole deal. But holy cow, has this changed, just changed everything. God damn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I hope everyone out there is doing okay out there. there as it appears, my favorite wrestler may, may just be on the road to getting COVID, sadly. But uh, poor Moxley. But anyway. I suppose we we owe the people an explanation of what we've been up to (laughs) leading up here. Would you be okay if I went first, buddy? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So, and I'm going to speed up through 2018 in uh, just a little bit uh, as that was a year where I was prepped for a move to Virginia. But before then, I had a infestation of bees in my kitchen, which, (laughs) which led to like... I'm not talking just like a few bees, like, uh, what ended up, we couldn't figure it out. Cause we'd find like five in the kitchen at all times. And before we were, before they, and our landlord did send an exterminator out who didn't understand what was going on. And it wasn't until the second visit that they found that there was a bloody hive built into the side of the wall where our cupboard is. So for a good three or four months, our kitchen was unusable. And uh, on top of that, there was uh, apparently black fungus in there, which was great. Or black mold, excuse me. Oh, great. Yeah, so, yeah, so, and eventually add that on top of, you know, living with uh, my mother-in-law and a whole bunch of other really, really fun stuff. It eventually led to us moving to Virginia. And this brings us into, this has happened like the middle of 2000, towards the end of 2018 into 2019 and now. Uh, where this is where I take uh, the fall here for quite a bit of us being uh, being uh, on sabbatical. As we moved here because Sandra got a promotion, I had nothing, so I was in like the desperate struggle of trying to find a job. And uh, while searching around, I eventually saw an ad for Geico, which I thought, okay, why not? Because they were advertising twenty dollars an hour, which I was like, yeah, I'm not going to get that job, but might as well just apply for it. And uh, they called me back. And which led to me uh, eventually getting the job at Geico, hooray. (laughs) And, uh, but from there, it was like pretty high stakes because the first thing they do is they, you have to apply for a license to, uh, in order to sell it. 
And if you don't get the license, you could be fired. So, which led to a month period where I was studying like a madman to get the job. And I passed. And, uh, and then after that led to the training for the job, which once again, I was studying for like a madman here. here Cause I, you know, it's a $20 an hour job. Why wouldn't you want to keep that? And, uh, so this led to a very weird period because, uh, this was around the time that, uh, my wife was telling me, you know, you should apply to be a citizen finance. Finally, for those who don't know, I have been a legal residence. I had a green card and everything. Uh, for ages, my biological mom, for whatever reason, never got me got around to getting me the getting me full fledged citizenship. That's not important. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, around the time that our president was elected, I suddenly be getting more and more concerned about the fact that I was not a full fledged citizen, as he's made some very interesting promises to certain constituents. So. <laughs> And on top of that, my wife has family in Brazil, and she it's one of her little dreams to get me over to Brazil so that I could meet them. And that's kind of hard to do if you don't have uh, the, a way to get back. So, yeah. <laughs> so one day I sat down on one of my days off from work to start filling out the application. Then Sandra comes up to me. It's like, hey, your turn to walk the dog. Would you mind? And I'm like, yeah, no problem. So we had just moved into a really nice place. Uh, probably the nicest place I lived to I ever moved to is, you know, the, they gave you a freaking washing machine and dryer to use. It was a nice spacious bedroom. Like everything about it was great. There was a dog park. We could take our dogs. So I take the dogs to the park. Uh, admittingly one of them, Parker, uh, he's got, he's very scared around other dogs, which leads to him doing dominance issues where he won't attack the dog. But he will pin them down to establish dominance. So we try to keep them away from other dogs. So while I'm walking a dog, a girl, a little girl and her dog come up to the gate. She asks if she could come in. And I tell her flat out, yeah, I wouldn't do that. If you do, she'll, my dog will jump, jump your dog. And I turn around to pick up some poop that Lucky left. And she opens the gate, bring, <laughs> brings her dog in there and Parker pins him down. And... I'm trying to get Parker off and he's not coming off. And then uh, around this time, one of the maintenance people jumps the fence and starts punching Parker in the face Jesus. to try to get it. Now here's the problem. He's punching on his jaw, which is forcing his teeth into the other dog. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't like Parker doesn't break skin. I know this because we've had this problem a few times and all he does is just really pin the dog down and we just have to prime off. And um, so he's punching Parker in the face. Now Parker is panicking. Now he won't let go no matter what, no matter what trick I try. So, And during this time, the other dog, who's also panicking, but also should not have been in there, bites my hand. Like, And, the, and the, they break skin. So I've got like a bitten up hand that was actually bit multiple times in the panic. And I get the dog out and I'm tr at this point, uh, there's like blood coming down my arm and uh, the maintenance guy is yelling at me and actually comes at me like he's about to fight because, because uh, I was upset at the girl. And of course, everyone takes the little girl side, even though she <laughs> brought it in. So I, so Sandra makes her way down there. She tells me to get cleaned up. We go to urgent care. Uh, we get, I get a few stitches and what have you. So, and, uh, uh, hope we were hoping that it would just be a wash. Their dog bit me while despite my dog doing the whole thing. 
after we came back from urgent care, the landlord called us to tell us that we were we had the choice of either to put Parker down or we had to leave that leave the premises. Yeah. yeah so it was a uh, you know we weren't putting our dog down, so we 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 don't do that. So we're like, all right, fine, we'll leave. We had to get out a small loan, and uh, we made. And uh, we started working right then. And this is, and keep in mind, I'm still in training. I'm still barely hanging on. And I've got now a damaged hand. I can't type on the keyboard anymore. And now I have to focus on finding a new apartment to move into, as well as applying for loans and all that. So after missing a few days, I make the decision. I was like, all right, well, I'll try to go back because we need money more than ever now. I tell my supervisor, hey, I can't type, obviously. Could I just listen in to some calls or what have you? And he's, and they're very accommodating. I'm working with me. And I'm doing that, and all of a sudden, Sandra calls work, which she never does. So I, I walk out. I walk away. I pick up the phone, and she's already in the car. She's like, hey, I'm coming to, I'm coming to get you, okay? And I'm like, okay, what's going on? And it's like, have you not checked Facebook? And uh, I tell her no. And she tells me that, and that's where she breaks into to me that my younger brother OD'd and he's gone. Oh. Keep in mind, this is all in one week that all of this is going down. The eviction, the dog bite, and now my brother. And it was a rough period after that. Um, I, I didn't, obviously, I left for the rest of the week as I was trying to sort things out. Um Trying to, like, uh, but, you know, I eventually came back and I focused. I certified early. And so I was, so I'm still working at Geico. Geico, but I will say was really, really understanding through this whole process, both of my brother dying, me being attacked by a dog and all that. So, and uh, from there, I've been basically working a lot at Geico, which it's a four day shift. So the days take most of my, take most of the days that I do work and the rest of the time I'm kind of recovering. Uh, and, uh, in, I've been doing pretty well there. I actually got promoted, uh, just before COVID hit. Like literally just before COVID, thank God, or otherwise uh, they probably would have just kept me where I was. Uh, so I got a nice little bump in pay and got, I've been fortunate in that the job can be done from home. So they actually are, I've been working from home for the last three months now. And yeah, my wife works there. Sandra works there too. So, and, uh, that's essentially what we've been doing on top of, you know, coming to grips to this new reality we live in where, you know, you know, COVID is affecting everything. We're trying to stay inside as much as possible. Uh, we did have a, uh, our, her mother, her mother did get married. So we did have to go to Florida, which if you keep it on the news had me extremely concerned, but we did, <laughs> but we both got a test for COVID and we're fine. Uh, at least from that test, we were negative. So yeah, that's been essentially the last two years for me, both going every everywhere. But anyway, I got back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I told you I had a good excuse for being away as long as I have. It's like like 2018. It was dealing with bees and black mold, and uh, my wife's unfortunate decision to have her mom move in, which you know went about as well as as expected. They are. They argue so much, but anyway, <laughs> then we're going into this where I'm trying to maintain a job while de- dealing with all this craziness. So it, it's, it's been a trip. So enough yeah. about, <laughs> enough about me, uh, Joe, what, what have you been up to? 
<laughs> oh man, uh, geez. <laughs> well, nothing uh, to that extent. Thank uh, God. For sure. <laughs> uh, my my job has basically been pretty steady for the most part until this whole COVID thing hit. Uh, mm-hmm. Unlike unlike you, I, I I my job is not performable from home as I work at a hotel mm. uh, in banquets uh, specifically. So double fucked there. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, like I've been furloughed since St. Patrick's Day, oh, and shit. I'm not. Ex- I, my layoff is ex- was extended. A couple of weeks ago, all the way through October third. Mm. So, I'm gonna be here for a while. <laughs> um, yeah, but besides that, uh, the only like I took a vacation. <laughs> like I've been traveling a little bit before this whole thing hit. Uh, that's pretty much it. Like I went to Nashville last year, last summer. Uh, went to L.A. Our friend of the show, T.L. Foster, uh, he filmed a, uh, a short film over there. Oh, I remember uh, that. Yeah. yeah. And that turned out real well. It's available on YouTube. Maybe I'll post a link to it because it's real good. Oh. I, <laughs> I cameo in it. Oh, please uh, do. Yeah. <laughs> 20 minutes. I encourage everybody to check it out. Uh, and I went to Japan in February. That's pretty much it. But Japan was incredible, though. You literally just made it for that trip. <laughs> yeah. I, like, we were lucky as hell. Like, Pretty much under the wire before it became, would have been like dangerous to do so, because <laughs> we left like early February, like the sixth, and came back the seventeenth. Uh, and yeah, like the <laughs> like the day before we left, we we even went to to Disney uh, to check that out there. And it's like yeah, like to even go even a couple of weeks after that, that would have been nuts. Oh, uh, another annoying thing on my end. Uh, I, I think I told you about this one, but essentially I had an issue with my front tooth where we were trying to get a crown, but the crown they put in was too bi- freaking big and it popped out. And this was like towards late March. And this is just when the whole COVID thing was starting to become a thing. I saw the writing on the wall yeah. and I was telling my boss, look, this could hit at any time as soon as I get it. Cause back then, before they let us stay home, they did liberal leave. So anything to do with COVID, they were fine with, including getting stuff taken care of before. So, yeah. so I was like, look, as soon as they have an opening, I've got to take it because I've got a, I'm missing, as of right now, I'm missing a tooth because I swallowed the crown. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it popped up like three times. And on the third one, that's when I swallowed it. Like they tried gluing it back in, but the sucker was just too big. I couldn't close my mouth all the way. So, so like on the day that I had to go see them, I go out there. And keep in mind, they confirmed it the day before, and I received a text that morning saying how they were looking forward to my visit, and White drops me off at 9. I'm standing outside for like 30 minutes, and because they, they opened up late before, so I was thinking this is another thing. And then finally, I look at the window in front of the store, and that's where it says, hey, due to COVID, we're closed down now. Like, son of a bitch! <laughs> And they've been closed ever since. And I've been doing the whole pandemic missing a tooth. So that's been fine. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> but going back to you, what was it like working on? Was it a movie, essentially, he was doing or just like a short film? Yeah, it was a short film. So it's uh, about 20 minutes long. Uh, and they filmed it over two days. Yeah, two days. Um, and, yeah, like, you know, they had, they rented out a studio uh, for for one of the scenes, uh, they filmed at uh, a at an Airbnb. They filmed at a by a taco truck. <laughs> nice. uh, yeah, it was, it was it was neat. 
Did you get your own trailer? <laughs> yes, absolutely. As, <laughs> as someone completely unrelated <laughs> to, to the to the film, I, I demanded a trailer and a producer credit. As you should. You're your top talent. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> now, uh, so was Travis the uh, director for this? Uh, he wrote it. Ah, okay. But the yeah, he was the writer. Okay, so buddy, he didn't direct it. Uh, no, no. Uh, one of our friends, uh, he, he works in films. He, he he directs a lot of short films, so he took it upon himself to to be a director. So you know, they got a proper cinematographer on camera, uh, a person on sound, uh, another producer, makeup people, professional actors. Like, wow, this is a full <laughs> like this is a actual professional production. I'm not going to lie. I was hoping you'd have some stories of Travis Foster, the director. I was really looking for. Oh, no, but if you'll he'll his cameo uh, in 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 the film is the best. You'll get to see Travis uh, DJing uh, at a karaoke bar. And it's fantastic. <laughs> now, did you uh, now you read the script? Obviously, what, what, what did you think of it? Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. It, it's, nice. it's, yeah, it's um, it's called Rafiq Like Me, where I. Uh, uh, an office worker basically just opens a spam email uh, to grant him one wish, and he clicks on the email, and, and uh, a genie materializes to grant him the wish. And hilarity and human moments ensue. <laughs> I got to check my junk folder. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome there. Uh, so we've been all up to stuff. Oh, I, I forgot to tell you the one bit of good news here. Um, uh in doing the getting uh, the loan so that we could move out, we actually moved just down the street. There's literally another apartment oh. complex just down the street from where we used to live. Okay, that's not too bad, then, I guess. Uh, and it worked out fine because, like, the key cards that we would use to get into work would still open our old apartment. So we would sneak into their TV room to watch AEW when that premiered. So that was great. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, part of the good news is, and it actually turned out to be really fortunately timed, was that uh, I, I, using the loan money, I was able to apply to become a citizen. Fun fact, it's actually cheaper to go for naturalization than me, than the fact that I married a U.S. citizen. It was like 750 versus $1,200. So, you know, so, like, don't believe the movie, kids. It's not as simple as you marry you at a citizen and you're done. You still have to pay the fee. But uh, uh, as of January 10th, I we went down to Richmond, Virginia, and I went to a court of law where I was sworn in. So I became a citizen of the United States that day, which, once again, is super fortunate because we found out those stimulus ticks stimulus checks that uh, Trump was doing. If you're not a U.S. citizen, you didn't get one. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> so we... So once again, a few months later, we both got got the stimulus checks, which really helped us out, obviously. But uh, yeah, that's the like. It's weird this year, like you know. You, obviously, I'm sure you guys have heard, heard up and down, like how you, you were there. You know how terrible this year's been. <laughs> but it literally started on the highest of highs for me. Like literally, Wrestle Kingdom happened, one of my favorite pay per view annual events for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, then a week or so later, I was a U.S. citizen. So everything seemed fine. Yeah, the first couple of months <laughs> of this year were fantastic. <laughs> I mean, you have, like, the notable celebrity deaths, so that was, should have been the warning, I guess. And then COVID, and uh, we found out how really awful Trump is as a president. But we won't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
anyway, so, you know, uh, yeah, that's been what we've been up to. Uh, obvi- me and Joe apologize. Like, we literally, li- like, our show was literally just before the our game of the year, your uh, picks for 2018, and we missed 2019, obviously. Uh, yeah. But we're back now. Like, me and Joe have been discussing it. I, it looks like uh, going forward, uh, just to get our, at the very least, just to get back to our rhythm. We're going to be doing monthly uh, podcasts where we just talk about uh, news, what we've been playing, what have you, and working on that. I, I think that's a great idea Joe had as far as getting back into the thick of things. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before that, uh, and uh, going back to talk about some more of the things going on, uh, uh, is the name of the movement speaking out? Um, I guess so, yeah. yeah so. Uh, and, uh, man... What a time. Mm. <laughs> it's rough out there. Like, the world is continuously on fire. Uh, if it's not a plague, it's uh, systemic racism. And if it's not systemic racism, it's uh, sexual predators and other harassers and toxic people just fucking running roughshod through basically all facets of entertainment. Uh, like, I don't know what's, I'm not sure, like, where exactly it sparked where the spark came from, which particular industry, but like once people started speaking out, it's like, Oh, like people are speaking out in video games, like studios and like journalism and like wrestling and comic books. And it's like, man, people are terrible. <laughs> like, like that's the light way to put it. But man, it's like, it's been rough the last few days to see just how ingrained, uh, these like abusers are, and like in all these industries, like people in prominent positions, like abusing the power that they hold over people um, in just like the worst ways. And it's especially frustrating when you see names come up that came up a few years ago or a couple of years ago. And it's like, how the fuck is this asshole still allowed to work with people uh, in that capacity? Uh, like a lot of people like from IGN specifically were coming out against uh, a couple of their former editors-in-chief. Yeah, Steve Butts Uh, and... uh, Casey Lynch. Hal something or... And Tal Blevins. Tal, that's the guy, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Tal Blevins was editor-in-chief there, but he definitely founded the website. So, like, like super prominent dudes. And, like, like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, we had this conversation about these assholes, like, three years ago. Hmm. And then now you find out that, like, Tal... And um, Tal and uh, Steve Butts, like they are, like they run a consultancy firm, like video consultants, video game consultancy. It's like, Ugh. okay, great. <laughs> like so, so they got pushed out of IGN, and now they make like five times as much money over here. It's like, okay, great. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, it was actually like a really series of tweets, long series of tweets from uh, former IGN's and uh, editor uh, Mitch Dyer. Who yeah. uh, affectionately I, I remember as that the doofus who gave Double Dragon Neon a three, like. So. <laughs> <laughs> but man, like uh, I I don't know if you saw those tweets, Joe. Did you? Yeah, because uh, like one of the thing, like on top of like the way that they harassed like their employees, like they also just were, I guess, all about like sensationalizing news stories uh, to an extent where it's like like the example he used was like when Amy Hennig left uh, Naughty Dog all those years ago, um, I guess they decided that they should also sensationalize the story by saying, oh, it's probably a power grab or something uh, mm. by, like, Neil Druckmann or whoever. 
Uh, and like Mitch didn't want to put his name on that story because it's like that's that's not part of the story. It's not true. Take my name off of it, and they refused. And I guess obviously once they published it, obviously people at Naughty Dog were pissed, you know, rightly so because the story wasn't that wasn't the story. Uh, and like it took all these years later for like Mitch to be like, yeah, like and like that's that's what happened. And like fucking Neil Druckmann, he's like, shit, man, <laughs> I didn't know that's what the story was. So like. They were able to form. They were able to bury that that particular hatchet, but it's like, man, like that fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, man, and it's um, it's weird for me, especially because there was a time I wanted to work at IGN more than anything, and yeah, it's kind of a blessing. It looks like that I didn't that that never came to fruition because I would have been miserable. <laughs> uh, yeah, like and and it seems like you know like those guys are all out, and Casey Lynch was also one of them. Um, like, and he he works at Square Enix, like fucking yesterday. Those fucking, they had a live stream for the Avengers game, uh, and he hosted it. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like it's been like three days of people like fucking pushing his name out there. It's like, like read the fucking room. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, I don't know if like if it was just pre-produced and they just ran it as a live stream or whatever, but like it's like man, come on. <laughs> now, as far as when I started noticing it myself, like. It's weird because I think it actually might have started with pro wrestling. But... I think so. I'm not I, like I didn't notice it until like a day after because like I've just not been on social media a ton this last month because it's you, you're 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 <laughs> you're better for it in my opinion. Like yeah, like it's a lot, so I can't be on social media every day like I I was before because it's it's. It gets to be overwhelming. Oh, yeah. Like, I think after, like, 2016, when a certain event happened. <laughs> I, I apologize. I'm not trying to be politically charged for this, but goddamn. But uh, uh, I made it a point to just stay off so most social media. Like, I still have it, but and it's just been, like, unfortunate. But uh, yeah. as far as the wrestling side, it actually started with a professional wrestler by the name of David Starr, which a lot of people may not know, but he's, like, a, one of those big dudes on the indies. Uh. Yeah, especially British. A guy, a guy I previously admired. Yeah, yeah, and you know he was one of the guys that was like the forefront of unionizing professional wrestling, and uh, a bunch of allegations came out on him one day, and he didn't exactly deny it. So, and then after that, which he's essentially been blacklisted, and I'll remember what was the catalyst. It was a another British wrestler by the name of Piper Niven who's in WWE NXT UK right now. And she just made like one is a comment. Does anybody else want to speak up? And a lot of people spoke up. Like, yeah, like uh, there's been, there's so many names, some varying, like some are real, some that are really on the scale compared to the rest of them. Aren't that bad. Like the case of Sammy Guevara going on right now where, you know, he's been suspended without pay and for saying that say, just, in a shock joke manner said he wanted to rape someone from a podcast interview from four years ago. And yeah, it was a stupid thing. And I think that he's not the same guy as he was back then, but he's paying for it. And other guys, uh, some of you may know like uh, Joey Ryan, for those of you who may not know off the top of your head, did you ever see a meme or a gif where a guy flipped over another dude with his <laughs> dick? Like he was like, uh, that's him. And apparently he's Bill Cosby. Where? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, it's less surprising because like he made his fucking money as as a dick wrestler. So it's like, okay, I guess he got uh, he maybe got too caught up in his own fucking bullshit. 
and decided to make that his whole life. Uh, as opposed to Bill Cosby trying to be like demoralizing, uh, blah, blah. people should behave this way. Well, back there, he was doing all kinds of horrible things. Yeah, uh, it, it's weird because like I I saw him get interviewed on Funhouse not not too long ago, and I've seen him interviewed all over the place, and he seemed he seemed you know much like Cosby, just like the nicest guy whatsoever. So to hear that. He did it to this extent. Like even his former tag team partner, Candice LeRae, could not mm-hmm. believe everything she was seeing. And who was also someone I was really nervous for when the story came out. Yeah, like that's and that's that's the real fucked up part of it, is it like it's all like it comes like it never comes out. I mean I guess sometimes like very rarely it comes out. It's like, oh like yeah, that that tracks. <laughs> but like a lot of times it's it's like Jesus Christ, like like this guy like that people meet that like and like interact with like he seems like he would have been like the nicest guy hmm. and it turns out he's a fucking s-class fucking scumbag yeah i mean i've not granted i've been trying to keep like a balanced mind on this because so far these are allegations and some of them like if this is the case i believe they should be taken to court and should be proven guilty let's just say but uh, with Jerry Ryan, it's just as simple. Like, there's so many allegations. There's so many collaborate collaborating stories, and as also other wrestlers coming out saying, "Yeah, this guy's a fucking asshole." That it's like <laughs> it's just undeniable. It's like, uh. yeah, and you know, like it sucks because like these are people that like that like their job is to like bring joy to people with like mm. their art, whether it's wrestling, comics, or whatever. So, like, you know, like, people are excited to, like, share the things that they do. Like, oh, yeah, like, check out this hilarious Joey Ryan clip. Or, like, what I would do, uh, like, another, what turned out to be another sex pest was uh, uh, Brandon Stroud over on Uprocks. Like, I used, like, mm-hmm. I loved his writing there. And, you know, like, every, like, he re- he would recap, you know, all the Raw, SmackDowns, NXTs, pay-per-views, all that shit. Uh, and, you know, I'd read it, and I'd be like, wow, like, like, he informed a lot of what of how i like view wrestling like so i'd always share like i'd always retweet them like hey look at check like this guy's writing is really good if you want to learn about wrestling this is a good way to go like every other week i'd be fucking propping that asshole up (laughs) (laughs) and turns out that like oh he like something that i didn't know was like he used to live in austin texas uh like where he was also on top of writing for that website he was like a ring announcer for for an indie fed there in austin and then, like, suddenly he moved to L.A. And I was like, that's weird. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, and, but it turns out that he got pushed out of Austin, basically, because fucking when he was a ring announcer, he, like, stole nude photos off one of the female talent's phones. Mm. It's like, oh, OK. <laughs> and then on top of that, like, just being like, like, after, like, that all got out, like. People are like coming out. It's like everyone that worked with him basically is like, oh, he's a giant asshole, manipulator and liar. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it sucks. Like, uh, and it's not just guys like Joey, who I would enjoy watching the occasional match, like his uh, entire feud with Hangman Page at the first All In and was one of my favorite moments of that show. But now there's like this dirty asterisk next to his name. It's, uh, for lack of a better example, it kind of reminds me of the Benoit tragedy in a way where. Mm. Like, I used Benoit matches were, like, my favorite thing to watch. Like, his stuff with Jericho, Angle, amongst other people, were, like, some of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, like, like WrestleMania 20 is like, well, this is unwatchable for me now. Yeah. 
<laughs> and that moment with him and Eddie, especially at the end, was yeah. like one of the most beautiful endings ever. And I still, actually to this day, he re- they released a documentary on him, WWE, called Hard Knocks, the Chris Benoit story. And it had been like a decade after what happened. And I was like, huh, it's been a while. I should, maybe I can sit through this. So I pop it in and not even five minutes into it, I see Nancy and she's talking about how great her husband is. And I'm like, no, yeah, (laughs) that's it. (laughs) Like Vice had a show uh, called Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah. They did a two-part Benoit episode uh, a couple months ago. Mm. That was rough. (laughs) Yeah. Just learning. uh, Especially because like, I didn't know the details of, how 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 the murders went about and it is gruesome it is uh yeah it's not fun it's not fun though um but the speaking out and you know there have been effects already with the speaking out movement uh like joey ryan he's essentially gone he's his career is essentially over he's been fired from impact and his uh, wrestling fed bar wrestling is pretty much kaput yeah Likewise, uh, Mikey Quackenbush, formerly Mikey Whipwreck of ECW, there's been claims filed against him, and Shakara is done now too. So yeah, like on. the whole Fed is done. Yeah. Like one of the more prominent indie Feds is like just gone now. Yeah, and uh, Dave Lagana, who was like a driving force uh, with the NWA, which had been doing pretty great up until the COVID started, uh, has stepped down from his role. Uh, Dave Lagana was also the rocket scientist uh, who didn't catch uh, Jim Cornette's little uh, joke with Ibiopia. Oh, so, yeah, so, so maybe that one's for the best. <laughs> but, you know, he did so many roles here that NWA, it's not canceled, but it's essentially shut down as uh, Billy Corrigan has to figure out how to run his Fed. So, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, this, it's, it's great that that women are now having the courage to come out. And if these are true, then these guys need to be put not well, for lack of a better term, like taken out of the industry. But I I do also advise that people uh, with, you know, understand there for the most part with some of the, where a lot of these are guilty and they're innocent until proven guilty, take them to court. If it's really, if it's as bad as it is, because I do feel like there there are people that have been, and I'm not saying now, but I'm saying in like past cases that I've kept an eye on, but they've been uh, falsely accused, and really with a rape charge, that doesn't really go away, even if you're proven innocent, you're 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 done. That sort of just follows you like a like a freaking curse. But and I mean the pro- the problem with going to court is that you know like that like that the, the judicial system is just not equipped to help uh, survivors in any way. <laughs> um, like so many rapes go unreported uh, or sexual assaults in general go unreported just because like the police are just super not helpful. Yeah. Uh, like the, like, and just the trauma of having to like, even if like, like when, like if the, your allegations are true, like you still, you have to go to court and relive this horrible trauma uh, in front of a large group of people uh, as you know, as your abusers, like, defense calls you a liar to your face and tries to grill you and prod you and try to relive, make you relive. Like, it's just not like, like I hate when people say like, Oh, they're just chasing clout. It's like, what fucking clout is worth the fucking scrutiny uh, from people that refuse to believe them in any capacity. Yeah. And uh, you're not wrong. Like I, Sandra <laughs> was doing some research on the stuff too. Cause thanks to AEW. Now she follows wrestling. So, but she was like, uh, apparently statistically 
filing for a charge like you were talking about is roughly the equivalent uh, in terms of effectiveness as filing a theft report for someone stealing your bike. Like, yeah, it is. It's like, it's ridiculous. And so it's like kind of a no win situation. Like, so I don't know how it happened, but I do know much like we were discussing, it's affecting other areas too, not just the games industry, like even like stuff you wouldn't think about, like, uh, there are artists that are getting banned from Magic the Gathering from ever doing artwork ever again, which apparently this is a huge, huge problem that I had no idea that was as gigantic as, yeah. as it is. So it's, it just permeates everything, man, and it sucks. Yeah. Um, like, you know, these people are holding down people like other people uh, from from just doing the job that they want to do, you know? Fuck. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it sucks. Like, it, it's going to take like some real change to make it so that people feel safe fucking doing their job, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and it's e- like even worse, like, don't get me wrong. There, there's really no wrong time for you guys, to, for people to speak out their voice, but this is coming at a time where the nation is divided as it is for due to the whole, due to race. Now we got, we're, we're being an asshole to genders, <laughs> specific genders now. So it's, it's it's a pretty pretty dark time. Like I don't even know how to attempt to handle it. To be honest, <laughs> oh man, it's it's a lot. Like I said, <laughs> like uh, like it's it's important not to look away from it, you know, because it's real and you know, like something has to be done about it. Um, like don't take so much of it in that you can't even function. You know, like if you need to take a break, take a break, but also you know, don't look away from it because this these are real problems that need real solutions. Yeah, I mean, we, we're not going to fix the problem by ignoring it. This is one we have to stare head straight into. Yep. All right. So uh, did you have anything else you wanted to say on this one, bud? Um, yeah, fuck all those assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and to be frank, they're, they're, you know, it's sort of fixing itself. They're being, they're hopefully will be gone forever. So, I mean, getting them out is... Like the first step, you know, like that, yeah. but like there has to be like real change in the way like a lot of companies and industries, you know, function uh, to make sure that we're just not fill, making a void for other assholes to fill, you know, uh, like for wrestling, probably it would probably help to unionize that shit. You know, David Starr being turning out to be an asshole doesn't make unionizing wrestling be less of a valid thing to, <laughs> to strive for. Mm. Uh, like I and unionizing, you know, someplace like IGN would probably help a lot too, because um, you know you could they get a lot of problems. It's like oh, like like we'll just give people training and <laughs> like and give people more prominent roles in that company. It's like yeah, that helps, but like unless you can do something to protect people, uh, you know, stru- at a structural level, like it's it's it, I'm afraid it's, we'll just be having this conversation again in a couple of years. Mm. So, uh, on that note, are you ready to talk about games? Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, obviously, there's really not going to be a, a tournament this for the last two years. We apologize about that, but hopefully, we write that ship going forward. But we, right. th- but Joe thought it'd be a great idea if we just sort of went through our uh, picks for best games of the last two years here. Yeah. Uh, Joe's had quite the substantial last couple of years. Uh, <laughs> here's a 
I've got some picks down here. I, I actually went a little, I got my number one, of course, but I also picked up some, what I felt were some really honorable mentions. So, uh, right. I, Cause like I said, 2018 was a fantastic year. Indeed. Indeed. Like, uh, so how do you want, do you, do you want to take turns going through games or, uh, um, Sure. Yeah, we can do it. All right. So 2018, like uh, right off the bat, uh, I'll be going and I'll be going through the runners up in no particular order and before revealing my personal pick of the year. But uh, right off the bat, uh, a fun little RPG by the name of Octopath Traveler came out in 2018, Mm. which uh, was a fun title on the Nintendo Switch. I believe it was done by uh, some of the former Final Fantasy uh, makers who just wanted to make their own IP. And Square essentially said, all right, go ahead, and here's, a, here's an <laughs> office. You can you know, have fun with that. And uh, at first I wasn't looking into it. Then uh, they very wisely released a demo, which allowed you to pick any one of the characters and play through a bit of their story. And I was hooked. Like, it was classic 8-bit sensibilities with improved graphics, like some of the, like, the water visuals and the backgrounds. It looked like sort of like a painting come to life. It was like really, really awesome. And the combat, which focused on finding the enemy's weakness and focusing on that to get more turns to take him out, was really fun and evolving. And the job class system was just amazing. And the characters were actually really, really fun. And their stories would range from like something goofy, like a merchant who was trying to open up to get resources from every place in the world to open up the greatest store ever to a freaking uh, dancer who uh, slash prostitute who has watched her best friend get killed by essentially her master, her turning on that master and focusing on finding the, uh, the three assassins who murdered her father that led to her joining that life in the first place. So it's quite a range of like age and uh, PG ratings there, but it, it's like a super, super fun game. Did you ever get a chance to try it out, Joe? Um, not beyond the demo. Um, I don't remember why I didn't dive into it fully, but um, I do remember enjoying, you know, the graphics I thought were really neat, like the the, the, the pixel art uh, against, like, these incredible, like, 3D backgrounds I thought was really awesome. Uh, and, yeah, like, I I don't disbelieve that the game was awesome. I just never got, in, got around to actually playing it. Yeah, uh, and there was it, and it really took off too. I'm happy to say because there was a period where finding the game was really difficult. Like it was sold out on Amazon for a little while, so I was fortunate enough to pre-order it. Like literally, as soon as I played the demo, I had Sandra play the demo, and we were both hooked. So we bought the game, <laughs> <laughs> which is it's really great when me and Sandra both are invested in a game, which happened with another game this year. Here, but uh, I got to tell you, it was a super fun game. If you guys haven't played it, I highly recommend it. Definitely one of my top, my favorite times. I am in 2018 in terms of games. Uh, all right, Joe, you're up. Oh man, um, let's see. Let's why don't we talk about how good God of War was? All right, that is my number one. So absolutely, let's talk about God of War. <laughs> <laughs> man, jeez, uh, what a game! Uh, like I was kind of nervous about it just because. Um, like the change in setting was, was definitely a, a strange one. Uh, let me ask you, were you a huge, were you huge into God of War before this game? Not like huge into it, but I did like those games a lot. Yeah. Uh, but you know, like I felt like Kratos as a character kind of had run his course. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, those games typically like the story is typically 
so so much like so secondary to that game's experience typically mm. uh like it's like all right whatever i want to kill zeus all right fine <laughs> just give me the, whatever excuse to give me 15 hours of just hacking my way through uh but like this this one just ended up being like incredible like it's like the story is like i mean it plays better than it's ever played mm. uh, for one but like also the story uh is actually like awesome and compelling <laughs> and has like interesting characters. Uh, and Kratos isn't completely one dimensional. It's like, all right. Yeah. Like I try not to use the term masterpiece too much, but I would dare say like uh, hats off to Corey Barlog, Corey Barlog, the, who has the name of a mythical beast, actually, now that I think about it, but he actually created a game that is just that. And they, I would say this is probably the, best revision and reinvention of a character in video games i could think of in recent memory yeah off the top of my head it's hard to hard to think of some of a better turnaround i guess yeah it and it's such a well-told story like everything leading up to the first boss fight is just perfection and when that <laughs> when that first boss fight hits like pun intended it is just <laughs> <laughs> It is the most epic thing. Like, there's so many... Like, if you followed Kratos throughout everything that brought him to this point where he's now taking care of this kid, it it is... It, there are so many moments that make you pop so much. Like, when he first... <laughs> when he finally loses his temper, when he goes back to the house, let's say. And, <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, let's give let's give uh, kudos to the, to the voices of his son and... Uh, and Kratos like their interactions I would put up right right up there with like the interactions of Ethan and Ellie from Last of Us and Lee and uh, Clementine like fantastic interactions really builds up both characters their relationship how it grows through the course of this game which is really this one story that this like one long journey just to like freaking take care of their mom's <laughs> ashes <laughs> Um, it is. And Hey, if you, uh, you were saying you'd love the hack and slashing of uh, the first game, you got that in this one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was, it, the gameplay sort of reminded me of, uh, of dark souls, except you're the boss <laughs> Yes, and you're just like cleaving freaking enemies in half, like down by their shoulders, man. And how great was the axe mechanics in that one? Oh, God. Just throwing that fucking axe around and having it come back to you is just uh, chef's kiss. <laughs> like when you realize that if you call it and it happens to go through an enemy, it still does damage. It's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> they thought of everything. And I, I personally enjoyed there was one time I threw the axe and left it and ran a good distance. And then called it, and it actually took some time for it to get back to me. <laughs> but that axe, I don't know how they did it. Like, I thought I would be pissed to not have the uh, Blades of Chaos from, like, every iteration. But they made that axe right up there with the Blades, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, God. And there's going to be more, which is, I think, an easy prediction to say. Oh, and, yeah. And, and I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. The way that game ends... Um, I mean, te technically, like it doesn't end until you go back to your house afterwards, <laughs> after the the last fight. But you go back to your house, and that's the real ending of the game. And it's like, oh, fuck yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it leads right into the new uh, Square Enix Marvel Avengers movie, which was an interesting twist. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, <it was. laughs> 
But yeah, that that was an amazing game, and I I was so sad that I, I ended up. What always happens is I get distracted by other games, but I really wanted to get the platinum for that one, but I unfortunately just couldn't make it. <laughs> it involves doing a lot of stuff too, but there is it's a fantastic game. It was my personal pick for game of the year. I don't know about you. Uh, for me, not quite, but mm. it's probably the second best game for me. Mm. Uh, so. I'll go into another game that uh, came out last year that um, ate up to say it ate up quite a bit of my time as an understatement. Uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate. It's a good one. Uh, how, out of curiosity, how long did it take you to unlock all the characters? Oh, Jesus, I don't even know. I'd have to go grab my switch and see how many hours I played it. Because uh, I, play, I, I didn't play a whole lot after I unlocked every, everything. Mm. But, but yeah, it had to be a good 30 hours. Yeah, and uh, I don't know about you, but it took a few attempts on some of them. I remember, uh, what's the name of the red Pokemon, the pro wrestler? Oh, uh, fuck. Incinerator, I believe. Uh, something like that. Inc- I, I'm not sure. <laughs> Incineroar, but it, he took me a few attempts as, as as well as Little Mac. Little Mac was a son of a bitch in a few cases. <laughs> but yeah, I... That as soon as I got it, like for those who may didn't get the game or don't remember, when you play when you first play the game, you only have the original six or eight characters from the very first match, <laughs> yeah. And you have to essentially play through the game over and over again until randomly one of the uh, char- one of the other characters will challenge you to fight, and you have that one fight to unlock them. And if you don't, you have to wait for the day they challenge you again. So, which was so frustration inducing, <laughs> especially if it's a character you like. Like, if I saw a cloud, like I had to like pause and collect myself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it came like a fun game. Like, uh, me and Joe were like uh, texting each other pictures when we'd unlock a character. <laughs> uh, and it, I eventually got all of them as as he did, but. Aside from that, the game, it's a fantastic game. Like, the mechanics are all there. It's the same Smash you know. I would dare say it's the definitive edition. I don't know about you. How do you, how do you feel about it? I mean, they called it Ultimate because that's exactly what it is. Like, mm-hmm. every previous uh, character is in this game. Every previous stage is in the game. Uh, like, all the music. Uh, it's just extremely extensive (laughs) uh the work that to put into that um on top of all the dlc characters which i haven't bought any but like they put so much into this game it's like it's it's nuts yeah i remember i I was shocked when joker was like one of the first ones they announced like really (laughs) okay (laughs) and i think they just announced uh one of the uh one of the characters from arms as the next one which (laughs) which makes perfect sense i guess (laughs) Yeah, and uh, Joe wasn't kidding about like all the characters they brought back. Solid snakes there, clouds there, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, all the characters from every game are there, so you got them all. Yeah, and uh, once again, Smash Brothers is one of like the. I feel like the even though it's highly acclaimed, I still think it's kind of underrated for how much love they put into like not only every character but their stages the little power up items from the games that you always mark yeah. out on like you see Galaga show up like oh god <laughs> and like even like sometimes the, like they'll add skins for your for what do you call those me fighters yeah uh, because me fighters you know there's three different variants for that you know the sword fighter the the gun fighter and then the brawler 
uh, and they they offer they they don't just sell like separate characters; they sell skins for the, for those me fighters. So like, some of those have been really great too. Like you've got Sans Sans from fucking uh, Undertale. Yes. <laughs> skins. Uh, like you got um, Cuphead. <laughs> like it's <laughs> like it's like what the fuck? It's like this is awesome. Oh yeah, it's it's fantastic and getting like the Raffalos in there. Like it, there's so many knots and so many great, it's, it's a real celebration on on video games, in my opinion. So yeah, easily yeah. made my list for me. Absolutely. All right. What's your next one? Uh, let's see. Oh, wrong list. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, I'm going to combine two cause it's, I, I feel like it's best to talk to them about them together, but both Yakuza Kiwami two and Yakuza six came out, <laughs> uh, in 2018. And man, like the, uh, to me as just one of the premier uh, franchises in, in video games, it's it's they're so good. <laughs> they're just so goddamn good. Uh, oh my god, yeah, uh, six. Ah, uh, I cried. I don't know about you. If you did at the end there. <laughs> oh man, it's like like you like Yakuza Six is only the <laughs> or so the order that I've played completely fucked up <laughs> yeah uh, let me just start out by saying that like before Yakuza Zero came out I hadn't played any of them mm. <laughs> so I played Yakuza Zero uh, and then Yakuza Six came out right like right after right after I finished so I played that <laughs> uh, next uh, and then I played went back and played Kiwami 1 and then Kiwami 2 so like <laughs> my my order of playing the, the Yakuza games is completely fucked uh, so yeah. it wasn't super emotional for me to get to the end of Yakuza 6, uh, but, you know, it still hit pretty mm. well. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, man, that's still a sad thing to happen. Yeah, admittingly, I think I played, like, even before this, uh, I didn't, I was never able to find a copy of 3, and, but I did buy a copy of uh, Yakuza 5 on PS3, which, because I hadn't played 3 or 4, made little sense, so I sort of fell out of it, but... Uh, six admittingly has like a, in the beginning, it has like a little primer where you talk to characters and they explain like what's happened to you this entire right time. at the graveyard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or something like that. It's like at the very beginning of the game. Um, are you okay with going into spoilers a little bit or do you want to keep this on the download too? Um, I mean, if you, if you feel you need to talk about it, I think that's okay. So the game is two years old. <laughs> all right. I mean the, the way everything builds up with, uh, you know, with was it Hikara or Hikaru? What was the name of the daughter? Oh, jeez. Don't put me on the spot like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think it's Haru, actually. So with his daughter getting hit. And essentially, uh, the story of it is essentially Kiryu do, giving the supreme sacrifice. Like, after all the games of him, you know, being in the Yakuza, and he never really had a family as far as a clan or what have you, but he finally found it. He literally found the perfect one that works completely with what he's, what he, how he's grown with him as a character. Like he would have been like the perfect boss for him, but with, uh, without giving it away the way, what he has to do to essentially sacrifice is that so that everyone else essentially could be happy is, is just perfection. And just like, I think I took, I did take the picture of the end with uh, Kiryu, you walking away and like that moment, just like, it was like on my phone as a wallpaper for the longest time. I cried so much there. Cause <laughs> it was like this amazing character that I've watched grow and 
going to what you were saying, I I played through Yakuza Zero, which is still like one of my if gun to my head, I would say that's my favorite out of the series so far. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm replaying it now on Xbox One because it's on Game Pass. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, and I've put another 100 hours into it. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking RC game, goddamn. <laughs> uh, don't forget the Hostess Club. But yeah, and oh, yeah. and on top of how they uh, redid not only Kiwami 2, but Kiwami 1, so that it works with the ebb and flow of Yakuza 0 at was just man, you feel yeah, like because in Kiwami too, um, there's a hostess mini game there as well where Kiryu runs a club instead of uh, Majima, mm. uh, and you know like one of the host one of the hostesses from uh, from Yakuza Zero is the one running the club now yeah. twenty years later, uh, and you know she's not a character that was I looked into it like she's not a character that was originally in Yakuza Two like they added her into Kiwami too, because like, yeah, if we're going to make a hostess club, oh, and, yeah. like we got to have, <laughs> we got to have Yuki. <laughs> uh, her reaction to seeing the, uh, Goro Majima of today is just priceless. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's so good. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, uh, it's it's I would say it's up there with like Avengers as far as like a perfect send off for the character and what have you. And um, uh, granted, the latest Yakuza sounds like it sort of strayed away from what made it great. Let's just say, but um, I'm uh, still excited to how to play it though. Oh, I'm definitely going to give it a try. It's Yakuza, like, uh, <laughs> and the other spinoff Judgment is actually a really really fantastic game and has a really really fantastic story as well. It's like that's. It's one of the things I like about you love about Yakuza. It's like a fantastic blend of interesting and diverse characters with an incredible story where you're like, what the fuck happens next the entire time? Yeah. We could get into judgment when we talk about 2019. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I guess the only drawback for, for these particular Yakuza games, um, which I don't know, like you can, I, I think, I don't know, I guess it's, you take, there's a trade-off, I guess, because these were built on a different engine then Kiwami 1 and Yakuza 0. So, like, the games look way better because uh, it's a newer engine, but it also runs at 30 frames as opposed to 60 frames. So it's not quite as smooth uh, to, to, you know, beat people up in it. Uh, but, I don't know. I think the trade-off is worth it because those games look incredible. Mm, absolutely. Like, Yakuza, yeah, playing Yakuza 0, um, some of the textures in that game, you know, they look a little junky. I'm not going to I'm not going to be around the bush. Uh, like, some of the stuff looks PS3 quality. Uh but then Yakuza Kiwami 2 and Yakuza 6, you know, they're built on a new engine and they, they look really good. Uh, let's see. Uh, next one for me, this might be, might have been your game of the year here, but a little uh, game called Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're wrong about it being my game of the year. But really? I, okay. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, oh, wait. Uh, Tetris 99 came out this year. Absolutely. Year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Uh, glad you remember. <laughs> but Spider-Man uh, was incredible as well. Yeah, uh, some would even say it was amazing or spectacular. <laughs> some might call it the ultimate Spider-Man game. Yeah, some would say it's the superior Spider-Man game. <laughs> <laughs> but at, at any rate, like it's it's funny. Like I remember seeing the white spider on there, and like, oh, that's stupid, and. Uh, <laughs> And as soon as I got the chance to, I switched to the MCU version almost immediately. But I got to tell you, that white spider grew on me. Like, <laughs> and just 
this everything about it, like from the beginning where you see where you're controlling Peter taking down the kingpin and his suit gets destroyed and how they introduce Doc Ock and what his actual interaction is with Peter and the fact that you see Peter, the scientist and him and you actually control him as he's trying to do his work there to, to the point that fixing up the lab and getting everything ready became like important to me in the course of the game. Like I would, I would routinely go back to that lab to see if there was any work to be done. (laughs) I love those puzzles, man. Mm. And just like the little nuances, like your webs, the web sling. Oh, magnifique. (laughs) twirling around in circles, uh, climbing up to high places, uh, doing the jumps and the web slinging and just figuring out ways to move faster. And uh, while you're web slinging, getting the NYPD reports about uh, stuff going down and just web slinging in progress, stopping chases, burglaries, uh, executions, uh, and how they did pretty much every character I thoroughly enjoyed. And especially with the reveal with a certain character where I didn't think, I didn't know if we would get, get to that reveal in this game, but we did. And, <laughs> uh, and uh, the boss fight at the end and oh, just everything. It's, it's perfect. Like I remember reading an interview where like the MCU or, or whoever's in charge of Marvel now was uh, basically doing a reevaluation of their video games. And like, we, we would love it to be something like the MCU where Spider-Man was like the intro or sort of playing the Iron Man role to that. And I really hope that's the case. I don't know how it's going to play into Avengers. Let's just, let's say, (laughs) but, but if this is, I'd say probably not, (laughs) but if this is the beginning of this, I well done. Like this is perfect. Yeah. Oh man, and and can I say without with by a country mile the best Stanley cameo in anything? <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh man, I I might have shed a tear. <laughs> it was so good. Ah, uh, and God, yeah, it uh, one. Uh, I knew you kids would get back together. I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> my heart. Oh, <laughs> uh, and. Uh... Without spoiling the sacrifice that Peter Parker has to make at the game's conclusion, like that, that, yeah, like it was shocking, and it is also the most Peter Parker sacrifice ever. Like at that point, I was like, "Yep, they they nailed this character. This is this was perfect." Like this one, I did platinum, and I subsequently got all the trophies for every expansion that came after. Did you play any of the uh, DLC? Uh, I played some of it. I I got the the season passed or whatever uh, when it was on sale at some point. But I played, I think I only played through the Black Cat stuff. Mm. Like, I think I started the Hammerhead one, but I didn't get through through it. Uh, Yeah, the Black Cat, Hammerhead, and uh, trying to remember who, it might have been Hammerhead at the end, at the end boss there, but uh, every, like the, that three part series I thought was really well done. And it actually makes a really, okay, not compelling, but it actually does a great job with the screwball character. (laughs) <laughs> Even though her levels are essentially, hey, you're playing a video game, the level. Oh, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's basically a fucking Twitch streamer and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, some, like the gadgets in this game, by the way, are just great. And uh, figuring out new ways to use them, as well as in working with the powers of certain suits, are really fucking great. And uh, I, I love how much the developers were not assholes about the suits. Like, as soon as they figured out a way to get the Sam Raimi suit in there, they're like, here, just have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
We're not going to charge you one ninety nine for this. You you can just have go have fun there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Um, and fun fact about that Sam Raimi suit is that a uh, friend of our podcast uh, network, I guess, uh, Marco via via Marco <laughs> via Pando, uh, he's the one who did the modeling on that. No shit. Nice. Yeah. Like, uh, the guy who did our uh, the gentleman who did our, our logo for Slam University, oh. uh, he ended up getting a job at Insomniac about three or four years ago, uh, and he did the 3D models on the Sam Raimi suit, uh, I believe the the wrestler suit, and I forget which other one. But uh, love yeah. the wrestler suit. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did a great job. If I could make one recommendation for the sequel, if you could figure out a way to get Bonesaw as an optional boss in there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I love the I love the idea of that. But if you can't get Macho Man to be a, to actually be Bonesaw, then I think it's better left in our hearts. <laughs> All right, buddy. What's your next game? Um, let's see. Let's talk about. Hmm, let's see here. Oh man, let's. I kind of want. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Red Dead Redemption too, but not necessarily in a positive way <laughs> this did not make my list <laughs> uh, but i feel like it was like the biggest game to come out uh in 2018 for sure mm. um and i just did not care for it at all <laughs> it it was incredible it feels like anytime i feel like uh oh this is i'll, I'll go ahead and pre-order this there's no way this is not gonna be a right home yeah run. like i left work early that day to go get it <laughs> uh like at 10 p.m or whatever the fuck yeah, but out of curiosity, what was it about you that it where, where did it lose you out of curiosity? Um, just the gameplay systems, man. Like it's like the game because the game looks fucking stunning. Hmm. Um, like and the story is is pretty good too, but like the actual act of playing that game is such a fucking chore <laughs> that it, like it just was not fun. Oh yeah, you gotta maintain your horse. You gotta do everything right. God forbid you press a certain button around your horse or yeah. around people. Like uh, your health and your stamina fluctuate based on your weight, <laughs> based on how you eat. Yeah. Um, like fucking and just the act of like putting all your like putting all that time into your stupid fucking horse just to get ambushed on your way to a mission and your horse dying and you're like, well, shit, I didn't fucking save in the last hour. <laughs> so that's the end of that horse. Fuck. And like, there's so many little ways to quote unquote lose or just make your life terrible. Like God forbid you're in town and accidentally bump a trigger while you're. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, I guess I got to fight my way across town now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, just, now I've got a fucking $20,000 bounty on my head. Yeah, exactly. And you're just, oh, and you have to go to a post office where like getting 10 cents is a fucking chore in this game. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And for me, like I I waited for so long, like, honestly, I feel like they should have, like, I forget how many years have passed since uh, Red Dead 1 released. Uh, Well, eight years. Yeah. So I was not looking for a continuation of the story. I, I honestly thought they... Okay, you told John Marston's story. Let's treat it like uh, Grand Theft Auto. Let's move on to a new outlaw at this point. But no, they go to uh, this new guy who's part of Butch's gang. And the problem... Dutch's gang, excuse me. Yeah. And uh, here's the problem. I know how this story ends. Like, (laughs) (laughs) It's essentially the trail of tears of game where I don't want to progress with the story because I know how this all (laughs) is going to go. It's like... And they introduce you to a character... 
right in the beginning of the game and you just know yeah this is going to end up being the villain of the game isn't he (laughs) (laughs) but he's part of your gang and you have to do that it's like uh and you're right it is a chore just like doing like basic stuff like hunting meat for uh the group or whatever it's like it turns into like it can take like a good chunk of your time both finding the stuff you know chopping off the thing chopping off the skin which surprisingly realistic i have to say as well as clean but uh (laughs) (laughs) sure it's well it's rare that you see like the actual skin getting peeled off yeah granted no blood look (laughs) (laughs) and uh it's just i I just fell out of it really really quick and it's weird because it was like the most anticipated game for me in eons like you said you left work early i I'm pretty sure I called out for it. Like, and it was just disappointing. I just sat there like after a couple of days of playing, I was like, yeah, I'm good. And I haven't, I don't, I haven't completed it since. Like, no, like I got maybe 15 hours into it before I just like, (laughs) like, I was like, nope. And then like a month later, I was like, all right, maybe I'll give it another shot. And then within the hour that shit happened where I fucking got ambushed (laughs) and my horse died. And I was like, all right, fuck this game. (laughs) I remember now. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, but yeah, there was a, another misfire that I want to talk about for next year's series of games, which uh, we'll go into, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, for me, yeah, that would pro- this would probably be my disappointment. Like, uh, I was getting ready for this because I think we had it in our tournament just because obligate, like, we ca- it would yeah. kind of be weird if we didn't. But I was, I was like, ec- waiting for whoever was our guest judge for that and their reaction when we... Like, I had a feeling we were on the same page. Like, unless it went up against another terrible game, it wasn't making it out of the first round. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, let's see. So, I'll mention, I'll mention, uh, give an honorable mention here. This is uh, just because uh, this game holds a, holds a place in my heart because I believe you gave this game to me as a, as either a birthday or Christmas gift, uh, Donut County. Oh, Yes. Oh man, <laughs> what a, that game! That game was so much fun. It is super addicting too. It's like, <laughs> like uh, Joe basically bought it for me as a gift, and I downloaded it. I'm like, okay, let's see how much time, uh, how long this distracts me, and uh, I played it all the way through. It's, it's, <laughs> oh man, such a simple concept where you basically control this trickster raccoon who somehow has the ability to control this hole that can suck up anything. <laughs> And they somehow put put together a story behind it that ends, yeah. up, ends up with you taking on the government. I'm pretty sure, but <laughs> yeah, like you end up swallowing the whole town, basically. Yeah, you just and, and like and everyone's just congregating underground, like mad at you and mad at each other. <laughs> <laughs> just like you basically suck up things, trees, buildings, cars, and just like the more you do, the bigger the hole gets. So you're able to pull in more stuff, and they somehow. Yeah, and they figured out a way to make a boss fight out of this, which is just <laughs> magnificent. Oh man, that soundtrack is so good. Mm. Like, like it's on Spotify. Um, like, I play that music that plays at the end of the level pretty, pretty, pretty regularly. <laughs> 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 it, that shit bumps. Oh, yeah, it's such good stuff. I I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank- uh, yeah, like it, the the easiest way to play it, I think, is on iOS because that's where it's cheapest. I think it's only five bucks there, and then like twenty. On PS4. Oh, Jesus. Although I've seen it, although I've seen it on sale uh, pretty recently for like seven bucks on PS4. So Yeah, I, I played it on my iPad 
fantastic way to play that. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think that's probably the best way to play it. Anyway, so the cheaper option I think is the better option. All right. So what else you got, Joe? Uh, let's see, if we're doing honorable mentions, uh, I want to talk about Celeste. Have you played Celeste, Malcolm? I have not. I've seen things about that. It's good. <laughs> it's it's one of the best platformers I've ever played. Uh, like it, like I don't know if you ever played Towerfall uh, back back in the early PS4 days, but uh, it's the same developer, mm-hmm. and, and uh, yeah, like pretty similar art style, uh, similar physics for jumping around. But whereas you know Towerfall is more of an arena combat game, uh, this is an actual platformer, you know, with levels and and collectibles and whatnot. Um, but it's 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 really good. <laughs> like if you ever played something like uh, like Super Meat Boy, where you know, like the platforming is hard, but like if you die, you're able to restart pretty much instantly. So you don't like lose, you know, whatever momentum got you to that part of the level. Uh, but yeah, like the game is like the graphics are super like easy or not easy, but like, uh, you know, like 8-bit like graphics, but like the animations are really good. Uh, the soundtrack is incredible here as well. Uh, and yeah, like the story and the characters are are really memorable and great as well. Um, it's, I think it's really, really great. Excellent. All right. So I don't know about you, but that has me complete for 2018. Do you have anything, anything else you wanted to go through? Oh, uh, um, then yes. Let me talk about my personal game of the year. Oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot that we did your game of the year. I was like, um, inadvertently, but yeah, Tetris effect, man. Holy shit. (laughs) <laughs> what a what a game i had no i was not prepared for how great that game was gonna be i was like oh god another tetris game like i love tetris um but like i would say that it would be generous to say half of the tetris games are worth putting out <laughs> hmm. like, okay fun fact for the listeners at home i was kind of dreading this year only be, oh, this year's game of the year tournament for 2018 only because it seemed like there was absolutely no chance no no way that tetris 99 was not going to win this one because i (laughs) i think tyler was on board i remember travis being on board but so unless i made like the debate argument to end all debate arguments it was going (laughs) to win this one and for the life of me it was like it's going to beat out god of war and spider-man really but oh man like for me this is number one with a fucking bullet man it's so (laughs) good uh like like, it's so hard to make Tetris, you know, like, interesting beyond, you know, the actual gameplay. But, like, the, the soundtrack, the the backgrounds, uh, the VR mode, like, it's just incredible. <laughs> like, it's just no other way to put it. Uh, like, like if you if you played Luminous, um, it's the same developers who made that. So, like, there's a big emphasis on the music. Uh, like, the things you do affect you know, the music and how it plays, like rotating pieces, shifting it left and right. Uh, and, you know, these stages, like these backgrounds, you know, like they have like stages, like if you do the journey mode, which is what I guess the closest thing you can have to a story mode in the Tetris game, <laughs> uh, like you do all the backgrounds and, you know, you have to clear 30 lines before you move on to the next background. And as you after you clear 10 lines, the music changes. You clear another 10 lines, the music kind of, like gets the most intense it'll be as you clear the last ten before you move on to the next uh background. And yeah, like everything about 
the music and the, the visuals, like it's just like one of the most immersive games that I played all year. And it's a fucking Tetris game. <laughs> and you know, playing that game in VR, like when, like I bought the game before I got a PlayStation VR uh, headset. Mm. I was like, all right, like once you beat all the levels, you you there's like a continuous journey mode that you can do where it's like, all right, no, because you play the the levels in like chunks of like four or five or six or whatever. But once you get through all the levels, it's like, okay, see if you can get through all of them all at once. <laughs> and doing that in VR is like, man, like I, that was like an out of body experience. I was like, <laughs> see, even your dogs know. <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. Uh, okay, uh, right. <laughs> takes a while for the Yeti to unmute there. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like that, that, that for me was the gameplay experience of the year. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, so if you guys aren't sold on uh, Tetris Effect or Tetris, is it Tetris Effect or Tetris 99? Have I been saying no, it Tetris right? Effect. Okay. Don't worry, we'll talk about Tetris 99 when we move into 2019. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Did they release a game this year for Tetris? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> Still got six more months. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, Oh, sounds like someone's at the door. Anyway, so yeah, if you guys aren't sold on Tetris 99, I, I don't know what else Joe has to do. He's literally been talking about this for ever since it came out on the show. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> but hey, uh, honorable, definitely a very honorable man. I gotta really pick that up one of these days. Yeah, uh, it's it's so good. It's um, yeah, like they finally put the soundtrack, finally put the soundtrack up for sale. Uh, <laughs> like one and a half years later. Um. And yeah, it's 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 excellent. Excellent, excellent. All right, so with that, are you ready to move into 2019? Uh, yes, but how do you feel about taking a quick break? Because right. um, I've got to use the restroom. All right, sounds like a plan. Sounds like I got to attend to the person at the door. All right, well, okay. yeah, so perfect timing. Cut right here. All righty, Joe. So what do you got for 2019? We'll start with you. All right. Um, well, we touched on it a little bit in 2018 so i guess we should just uh talk about it uh judgment mm. continuing the yakuza talk um man that game was a lot of fun indeed indeed uh, i um, thoroughly enjoyed it i love the idea of uh Kamurocho becoming a char- character like there's all these stories going on but, <laughs> right uh, uh i was i guess they're saving potential crossovers for later though I don't know if uh, we'll get a sequel to Judgment, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed the detective story. How, how did you like it? Yeah, the story was great, you know, with that whole uh, Alzheimer's drug, uh, kind of like the Ministry of Health having, like, with this, like, giant conspiracy, basically, <laughs> like, it's compelling stuff. <laughs> like, and I love the way that they, they structured it as kind of like a, uh, like a detective procedural on TV, like, between chapters, you know, it'd be like, previously odd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought that was awesome. Like, um, like the intro song too, I felt played it. Like I could see that playing for the beginning of a detective drama as well. Yes, <laughs> yes, man. Like the music is such an underrated part of these Yakuza games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, like Judgment, you know, like it's no different. Like that, like that song pumped me up every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, like the combat isn't too different from you know previous Yakuza games. You know, you've got your heat actions and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's still it's still really good. Like, mm. it really, the only the only knock I have on the gameplay is that, you know, the tailing missions are all terrible because tailing missions are terrible <laughs> in any video game. Um, and kind of, 
I, and I kind of wish they went a little leaned a little bit more on the investigative part as opposed to just kind of like aiming the camera and saying, "Oh, that's weird," <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Uh, oh, you didn't like the tailing missions where the guy could turn around, look directly at you, and you run to a freaking behind a car, box. and <laughs> and they not get suspicious at all. <laughs> oh, and they, they were so long too. We're going to be telling these guys for like three or four minutes. I was like, come on, man. Uh, like, just make this a cut scene. <laughs> I did like some of the chase scenes, though. Those, those were, I thought, were real good. Especially when, like, the person who were chasing new parkour. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, these are all parkour artists. <laughs> oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, I, I 100% agree with you there. I, it would have been great if, like, they did maybe it's a lack of due to a lack of space for the game but it'd be great if like you could like fo- connect certain details but it leads you to the wrong conclusion and lead to like a separate mm. sl- somewhere separate and what have you but ultimately you're going to go in the one direction but uh for those of you who are concerned like oh but i like goofy yakuza like this sounds really serious no dude no. <laughs> yeah it's it, it, like it's still that <laughs> it's like like it's it's still the hard boiled like super serious main story, and then the completely incredulous and like bizarre and funny as hell fucking side stories. Like one of the boss fights, just to give you an idea, is you controlling your freaking drone to shoot down a panty thief who somehow has Spider Man's <laughs> powers and is crawling on the walls. <laughs> yep. Oh, jeez. So don't worry that that goofy shit is still in the game. <laughs> yeah, it's still they 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 know they know not to mess with the min- winning formula there. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh I, I thought Light was a, a really fun character. Uh granted I kind of hurt as soon as I saw what the backstory is. Okay, I'm pretty sure it's going to go this way and sure enough. <laughs> but uh it was really cool. I loved like his connection to his past, you know, lawyer self uh is uh, his friends and right now and what he's trying to accomplish and figure out. And it's just like a Yakuza game where it begins with like this really small, what you feel is a minute detail that somehow is part of this huge, gigantic story that the character ultimately finds themselves in. And yeah, yeah, really, really enjoyable. I, I hope they do more spinoff games like this, where it's like characters of Kamarocho. I kind of hope that in the future we'll get some crossover, like, uh, hey, hey, who knows? Maybe Light will one day bump into Goro Majima, and that'll be a fun, <laughs> fun little aside. But anyway, so yeah, I, definitely Judgment is right up there. Uh, do you have anything else to say on this one, bud? Um, I don't think so. I just 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 want to say how much I love that game. <laughs> it's Fe- really good. Definitely, I love that one too. Uh, another game that I really love that ate up. Once again, quite a few uh, bit of hours. And if we were doing the tournament, this would have been one I argue I would have argued that should be in the tournament again, even though it's technically DLC of an existing game. But Monster Hunter World Iceborne came out this year. <laughs> oh man, Joe! Oh man! <laughs> Wait a minute! You didn't even talk about it in the 2018 part. <laughs> no, the, the the first one came out in 2017. Was it 17? I thought it was 2018. Yeah. Yeah, I, I checked it out just to be on the safe side. <laughs> according to the wiki, initial release was like March 2017. Let me check one more time. If not, I'll make it like this huge, huge thing. Then. <laughs> like I thought it came out like in January, like really early. All right. So initial release, according to wiki, is December 9th, 2017. So, oh. so it just missed being a 2018. <laughs> 
And so, oops, that's ice porn. Yeah, but it looks like it was 2017. So I just missed it. But anyway, Iceborne, for those of you who don't know, Monster Hunter World, one of my favorite games ever. Like, I, I'd only dabbled in Monster Hunter before this. Monster Hunter World was the first one I went into because ultimately I prefer doing console as opposed to a handheld. And I just, I, I played it. And uh, I was a little nervous at first because uh, it took a lot for me to, like, get off of doing Monster Hunter World for a while. Because I, I jumped in. I devoted, like, 200 hours to that game just uh, hunting down creatures, getting stronger uh, uh, monsters. And to the developer's credit, they update the game regularly. Like, uh, in the time that I stopped and went back, quite a few cre- additional creatures dropped like uh, you got the Devil Joe monster or pickle as it's called in the community. Uh, you got the Behemoth from Final Fantasy fourteen, uh, I believe it is. Uh, the online game uh, popped in, and that was a boss who's a gigantic pain in the ass, but he's in there. And uh, a few other ones which I enjoyed hunting before I officially started Iceborne. And honestly, I should have just started with Iceborne because it. <laughs> Uh, you go off into this new world and this new creature here where you discover this uh, far off land here called, uh, called I forget what it's called, but uh, Serena, I believe it is or something like that. But anyway, you, you cut, it's this Iceland world where you find new monsters there, which due to its presence affects the monsters in uh, your previous world. So now that not only stronger, but you're also getting subspecies that are popping in there that are a pain in the ass in themselves, but a joy to hunt and you get stronger <laughs> and stronger and stronger. And uh, a little thing that I liked is that you, you get a noticeable bump in strength and defense. Like, especially once you get like the classic ar- like the high level armor in Iceborne, you, you're going to go back to those old levels in monster hunter world. And it's going to be cake. Like you're going to be, <laughs> you're going to, you're not going to be one shotting the monsters, but, pretty darn close like you you can get like one offensive flurry in there and you're good (laughs) and it was really fun going back and actually helping previous players and uh who are new players to the game that are just trying to catch up in order to play iceborne and they to say they appreciate the help that i come and just wreck narigante up Narigante is essentially godzilla in this game you come to realize like he is the king of the monsters that's essentially keeping all the other elder dragon or monsters in check and it's kind of interesting your relationship with them but uh just playing through the game and uh the the developers continue to add new monsters and for free might i add and uh giving daily you have daily missions so you it's very easy to just pick up this game and you're good like you've got something to do like every single day and just the, like the new aspects, like ruin the new monsters, Ruiner, Narigante, uh, Ishalda, Nara, the new final boss monster, which is the freakiest looking monster I've ever seen. Because it's like essentially it looks like a skin dragon. It's like ugh, it's it's freaky. <laughs> <laughs> and like the monster they add later, like I played my runtime. I believe last time I checked was like three hundred and thirty hours now on this game. And yeah, yeah it is. So easy to lose yourself, and it was once again one of those games I would play with Sandra, where we would like team up, take on other monsters, and other friends of her were playing, so we team up to face other monsters. Like 
it was such a blast and it's a fantastic game and i i'm so happy that it sold as well as it did not only the dlc but the initial monster hunter i forget if it's like the top selling game of all time or if it just did extremely well i think it did like 13 million or something like that but uh well let me see because i know capcom keeps a running list of like their best selling games right on their website uh yes the platinum titles um like, I think, like, Street Fighter 2 and, like, Resident yeah. Evil 2 are, like, the top games, because, of course, they are those games. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, there it is, number one, Monster Hunter World. Oh, there you 15. go. 15.7 million units. So, to say a sequel is safe in this one is a safe bet. So, <laughs> hopefully, we'll see an iteration. Like, I imagine we'd sit, they're probably working on the next generation rendition of this game uh, coming out, and I will be first in line. This was... This is everything I feel like everyone wanted on this game. And I think that, and it, it's almost a shame, but they, they were starting to figure out little details like, uh, hey, what if we have a great sword that has a fucking rocket engine on the back there? So, <laughs> so as you're charging up, the rocket engine bursts up and, uh, and so it looks like it's an actual, so that's a cool little effect that makes a basically mundane animation look even cooler. Or, oh, what if we have, like, electrical lightning gets summoned as you pull out the blade and this charge blade? <laughs> it's like, little details like that are going to make this game look so cool and so badass. Or, and I feel like they they were just figuring little stuff like this out towards the end of uh, Iceborne with uh, some of the updates here. So I think you'll see more of that in the uh, next generation one and... Oh, it's so good. And all the little details, like the turf wars, watching certain, like, uh, the animals fight each other. And some of the animation is just great. Like, uh, uh, Rajang, which is like the monkey. And like, he, like, he takes on Rigante, Rune or Nurigante, which is essentially the Godzilla character. And, and just for, for a frame of reference, Rajang is not that much bigger than you. Like, <laughs> but, okay. but it's super strong and super fast. So it's like a fun little animation where he just runs up and starts like zipping all over, over uh, Runer Narigante and just like releasing all these combos. And it actually looks like Narigante's in trouble. <laughs> then Narigante just snatches him from midair, and slams <laughs> him into the ground. Oh my god, it's so good. Oh, <laughs> like uh, this, like. It, it took a. This game was like easily number two out of the games I picked for this year, uh, and the, the number one I'm pretty sure will not be one that Joe picks. Uh, people are probably figuring it out now, but <laughs> uh, this game is fantastic. I, it, I think Capcom deserves to be commended for how well they did this port here, and how they basically set up the next generation of Monster Hunter fans and going forward. So this is. To me, this is a fantastic game. If I could buy it for Joe digitally, I would have by now. <laughs> but it is amazing. And, and Joe, if you ever get into this game, you let us know. We will help you out and get you top <laughs> tier instantly. But oh, um, and then and not only is it Capcom's best-selling game, it's 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 their best-selling game by a ton. It is like Resident Evil Five is their second best-selling game, mm -hmm. and it more than doubles its sales. Woo! <laughs> Seven point six million units for. Resident Evil 5, 15.7 million for Monster Hunter World. Oh, goddamn. Wow. <laughs> and then Iceborne is number seven on, <laughs> on this list of best-selling games for Capcom. 5.2 million additional on that. That's top of that. I'm confident we're going to get a sequel now, Joe. I'm really yeah, confident. Yeah, probably. <laughs> 
Anyway. I think I should keep making those. <laughs> yeah, I think the, there's a market for it. That's my expert opinion. <laughs> All right, Joe, what's your next game? Oh, uh, man. I guess we'll just get it out of the way since I'm already all juiced up about Tetris effects. But <laughs> <laughs> Tetris 99 came out in February uh, of uh, of 2019. And, like, it was completely out of nowhere. Not, be- not just because it's, like, another Tetris game within, like, months of Tetris effect coming out. Mm-hmm. But of how fucking completely different it is from Tetris effect. Because, like, Tetris effect is, like, this super chill... Like, yeah, man, just kind of dial down and just kind of lose yourself within the backgrounds and the music. And it's like, mm. yeah, man. <laughs> the Tetris 99 is like, fuck you, you're playing against 98 other motherfuckers and you're all trying to kill each other. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's, it's like, like, how the hell did you guys, like, who's the maniac who decided to come up with a Battle Royale Tetris game? And like, and how the hell does it work so well? <laughs> like, it's so like I've never like I've never been big on like competitive Tetris, but like Tetris ninety nine, like a like it's free to download if so long as you're like a Nintendo Switch Online subscriber. So like, there's like no barrier to entry besides that. So it's like, all right, yeah, let me check this out. And it's like this super intense like competitive game. It's like it's so frantic. <laughs> like once like like I'm good enough where I can get into the top ten fairly regularly but like once it gets into the top five like and like sometimes it's like oh shit it's just me and this other guy left <laughs> like and like you just um like just clearing lines as fast as you can like it's good <laughs> like it's so good um and the game doesn't explain anything to you really except for let's like all right it's like you get 79 other people it's like okay but what now it's like nope game started figure it out <laughs> um like as you clear like as you knock people out um, like you build what they call badges, like and your badges, like the more badges you have, the more like junk lines you can throw on other people's uh, on pe- other people's boards. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the more people you kill, the easier it is for you to kill other people, basically. Uh, and you can target people, uh, like specific people, or you can just say, hey, just target the people that happen to be attacking me. Uh, and you know, like if you kill somebody and they've got badges, you take their badges. So, like, people are like, oh, I want to target that guy with all the badges. So, like, if you've got badges, you're like, oh, shit, I got to fight off, like, ten other people all of a sudden. It's crazy. Like, it's nuts. Like, I've never played anything <laughs> like it. Like, I still play it pretty regularly because, like, they still update it with, like, oh, yeah, like, here's a new background and with music or whatever based on, like, Animal Crossing or Fire Emblem or Splatoon or whatever. So it gives you a reason to go back every day so you can unlock stuff like that. And it's it's good. It's aces. Uh, so this is not your game of the year. No. Okay. I, I, I was for, for a second. I was like, man, crazy that Tetris Tetris could be my game of the year two years in a row. <laughs> yeah, I really thought they were going to sweep, especially when you were talking about <laughs> it earlier. I was like, damn. <laughs> Tetris, man. Turns out Tetris is still a pretty good game to build on. <laughs> Watch that they'll figure out a way to make a side scrolling beat 'em up out of it. And <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Uh, unless you had anything to add. Uh, no. Speaking of, well, kind of, si- not really side scrolling, but beat 'em ups. Uh, Devil May Cry Five. Oh man, I played. I didn't play that until like about a month ago. Oh. Because it's it's on Game Pass uh, on Xbox. <laughs> um, but yes, I I agree. This game is really good. It's like, and, and to put it in perspective, I remember. 
playing the first one on PS2 with uh, my family, basically watching my uh, bro play it, and it was all right. And uh, and you know it was really cool. Loved the fighting mechanics. Never really got into two, three, four, or I did enjoy DMC though. Like yes, still the best one in my opinion. <laughs> so. When this game got announced at the at the uh, Microsoft E3 conference, I was like, okay, well, that's cool for people. And eventually, it, it went on sale. I think I picked it up for like tw- like either twenty or thirty bucks, which is not a bad price for this game. And goddamn, goddamn, this game's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it rips, dude. It's like number one, the music, probably the be- one, some of the best fight music I've ever listened to, who ever like I play it when I'm either grinding on a level or even walking the dogs. The music is just fantastic. Like, <laughs> and just doing all these combos and the fact that they've got all these characters on here. And if you even kept up a little bit with Devil May Cry, just like the loyalty to the history and seeing how like everything unfolds, because it kind of starts on a dark note and just goes from there. <laughs> <laughs> and the and just like the design of the enemies, the fact that Nero, V, and uh, Dante, they all play super differently. And just like how the characters interact, like how the characters interact with Nero versus how some of them interact with Dante. Just the fact that it's just downright hero worship with the Dante character. <laughs> and the producers of this game, they incorporated everything. Like even the anime. They're like, I don't know if you caught it, but they're... One of the characters from the anime is in the game in that it's a phone call to Dante, but hey, it's still canon, like, <laughs> which is more. And I haven't even talked about the fights and like all the ridiculous methods of fighting there are in this game, like V and his ability to summon freaking monstrosities, which is more engaging than I thought it would ever be. Like, because essentially it's just like stay away from the fights while you press buttons. Yeah. <laughs> But it's super great, including the Goliath, which, depending on where you summon the Goliath character, or I forget what the name is, but you know what I mean by the Goliath. Nightmare. Nightmare, thank you. Depending on where you summon him, like, there was one time I summoned him, and he came crashing through the top of a skyscraper to the battlefield. Like, holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> and oh, all the uh, arms, all the different kind of arms that you can get in the game for uh, Nero and how they interact and how they can help in uh, fights and what have you, his combos and Dante's just ridiculous. Like all the stuff you've got in the past is there still, which is amazing. Yeah. Typically, I mean, it, it is kind of a lot to kind of juggle in your head though. Cause like all three characters play so differently from each other, but they've all got like these super deep fighting mechanics. Mm. So it's like, all right, like I'm switch. Like, all right, now I'm playing. Cause the game as the game progresses, you play as a different character sometimes. Um, so, like, oh, we're switching from Nero to Dante. It's like, okay, I got to remember what I what I can do, what I can't do, or, or switching back to like Nero or to V or whatever. It's like, all right, it takes you a few minutes to like parse what you can do again. Yeah, some of them the the learning curve is strict. Like, okay, here's Dante. You've got these four weapons. It's like if you figure out how they work, and like, son of a bitch, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and the game doesn't explain a whole lot of it to you. Um, like a lot of the time, like I had to go into like the practice arena basically to like, mm. cause like with Dante, like you, the, basically the melee, like the hand to hand combat, it's like, oh, you can either punch or you can kick. And like, and I could, like I accidentally switched from one to the other 
without knowing that you could switch at all. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, how the fuck do I punch again? <laughs> <laughs> like, and I had to go into the training menu and like, oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks for telling me. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like, juggling all these characters who all have these super, so in-depth fighting lists, move lists, that they could easily just be the pro tag of their own little sh- little game, game yeah. and on top of that they keep throwing even more bullshit at you to use for moves which that's <laughs> like yeah don't get me wrong it's it's incredible like dante wields a somehow dual side a dual bladed motorcycle, motorcycle. <laughs> and it makes perfect sense like of course you would use that yeah of course <laughs> oh my and the story is not bad the story is pretty good like it's it's not got a war, but hey, it's it's pretty engaging for a DMC game. <laughs> oh man, I will say I didn't finish it because like the like the environments don't change a whole heck of a lot, mm. and I felt like I was playing like forty minutes at a time of the same shit to get to the boss fight at the end. Um, so I kind of fell off of it. Uh, I, I did too. Mine was more. Other games were coming out at a point where I just had to like stop, and uh, I was also getting a little overwhelmed. Like uh, there were. I know there's these optional rooms that you can unlock and they unlock a challenge. In the beginning, they're super possible. They're super plausible to do. And then there, I got to one where it's like, stay in the air for a full minute without touching the ground. I'm like, what? Fuck that. It's one of those games that I definitely want to come back to at some point, but well done. Like I, it actually made me keep an eye out for sales on the uh, Devil May Cry remastered collection just so I could go back and try those out again at some point. Oh, man. And I will say, I had the single funniest fucking moment in any video game that I've played in a long time. Is it the Michael Jackson one? Yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was losing my fucking mind. Because, <laughs> like, fucking Nico gives Dante this fucking hat. And it's like, okay, whatever. And then it just... <laughs> then it's, then he, he doesn't even put it on. He just jumps onto his head on his own. On its own. And, like... He does a fucking Michael Jackson dance number <laughs> out of fucking nowhere for like a full minute. And then it ends with like a pose and then like, and then it cuts to Nico and she's doing the pose too. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it is so funny. Uh, and you know what? It works. That's, it works. It's so good. So yeah, definitely DMC5 for me. Fantastic game. Holy shit. All right, buddy. Uh, what do you got next for me? Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, man. Oh, you know what? Uh, let's talk about Bloodstained, Virtual of the Night. That was next. I actually just bought it on sale and been playing it for the last week now. It's good. Oh, my it's God. so good. Like, playing this, I was like, yep, this is definitely the guy who did Symphony of the Night. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my like, God. Man, because, like, I played, uh, what was, the last, what was the first one that they put out before Virtual of the Night? The... Oh, the 8-bit one? Yeah, the 8-bit one. I can't uh, remember the name, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I've, I've, like, I played it, and I thought it was all right, but, like, I just don't like those ca- those 8-bit Castlevania games as much as I like, you know, Symphony of the Night. Mm-hmm. So, like, I appreciated it on, like, a, a certain level, but, like, I just didn't play through it at all. Um, but, like, Ritual of the Night, holy shit. Like, Cur- Curse of the Moon, I, it was called. Yeah, like, I almost called it Circle of the Moon. It's like, no, that's... <laughs> That's another Castlevania game. <laughs> um, yeah, but but between like the music, uh, the gameplay, uh, you know, exploring the map, the map is super fun to explore. Uh, just all of it, like 
even like even the food system <laughs> it's it like you know like crafting food and eating it yeah it's like, it's like oh it gives you a permanent buff on your stats like if you eat food a certain food for the first time uh like all that stuff comes together in a really great way um it's like and, yeah yeah and I, I this is definitely one i've been playing like i said and I got to tell you, like, uh, the one, this will either be a plus or a negative for people, but this game is as grindy as you want it to be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, because uh, one of the cool things about this game is, like, each enemy has a shard that they could potentially drop. And you just have to keep killing the same type of enemy before you eventually get it. And it could be, like, a passive. It could be a cool little spell you can do to cause damage to the enemy. So... Like, for instance, I, there would be times where I'll see a new enemy and I'll just walk in and out of the room for however long it takes before the shard shows up. And, and on top of that, the crafting si system, not only for food, but weapons and armor and stuff like you could, like, kill these enemies over and over so that they drop something and so that you can craft a freaking filet mignon, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so you, you can, like, now you don't have to do this. But if you are a completionist like me and you want to do this, then then it could take then it can take a while. And plus, it's Metroidvania, so you're gonna be there are gonna be times like right now. I I don't know where to go, so I'm trying, like just walking <laughs> around the goddamn castle, trying to figure out where to go here, and that's fantastic. Like it's a great uh, like pretty much everything that I liked about uh, Sym Symphony of the Night. They're like, okay, let's do this a little bit more. Like, uh, the familiars, I think there were like maybe five familiars in, uh, Symphony of the Night. Now there's a ton more, like, yeah, you got the cursed sword, which you level up and you can then wield little do that I enjoyed. You got like spirit knights, you've got fairies, you've got haunted paintings, <laughs> you've got fucking necronomicons that follow you. And instead of Medusa heads, they're, uh, dull hammer heads now that uh, can follow you there. There's like a ton of of different familiars that you can level up that I just, and that's just one small aspect about the game. And, uh, another aspect is the enemies, like the enemy design and what they do. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's just mm, magnifique. <laughs> like they go from absurd, like the freaking kitten with the devil horns that just <laughs> hangs out in a portal. <laughs> they're, they're puppies too. Malcolm. Oh, oh, the, oh yeah. The, don't get me started on the freaking. I'm trying to remember what kind of uh, dog it is, but it's one of those fluffy dog heads that's attached to a chain that'll just like run up to you and try to bite you. It's like, yep. <laughs> as well as the bosses and uh, the weaponry, like the cool little bits of weaponry you or abilities you get from the game. It's like fantastic. It's like everything I missed and loved about uh, Symphony of the Night once again. And for those wondering why I keep comparing it, it's the dude who made it. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Koji Igarashi. Uh, and keep in mind, uh, you guys may remember a game we talked about forever ago called Mighty Number no. Nine, who was the made by the guy who quote unquote made Mega Man and promised a spiritual successor, and he did not hold up that promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that game was not good. And and to be fair too, like this game was shaping up pretty rough for a little while. Everyone's like, they put out because this game was kickstarted, mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, like they put out a demo for for backers. Uh, I wasn't one of them, so I didn't play the the demo. But like everything coming out of like the early demo, people playing it on PC or whatever, like uh, this game looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> like the animations, like and the character models, like and things like like it was just rough. Like it looked like it's like like it was 
veering towards mighty number nine territory and you know like they took that shit to heart they're like oh fuck (laughs) yeah Uh, and they corrected course and the game the game is a hit yeah to their credit they could have been children about it and not done anything and just like oh these people don't know what they're talking about like no they like you said they took it to heart like i remember the trailer where it was like basically the uh the the guy who made it, which I wish I could remember his name, but uh, Igarashi. Igarashi, yeah, he was like basically on a computer that is somehow he has Wi-Fi in Castlevania, but, but he does, and he's like because <laughs> he's in this castle, he's got the goblet of wine there, and he's just looking at a computer at all the comments that are basically shitting on his game. <laughs> <laughs> and hats off to him, he closes it like, all right, we're, all right, we'll fix it, and then it, like <laughs> it goes into like this really great before and after trailer of like scenes you saw in the demo to the finished product. And they're like, Oh, Holy shit, this might be something. And sure as shit, it was something. And (laughs) it's great. Like the weapons you can pick and like the character, like, and is it solid? Is it David Hayter? Who's the voice of freaking Zangatsu? Oh my God. (laughs) Listening to him talk. I was like, Holy shit. Is that who I think it is? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, like listen to him. Like, Okay, <laughs> like a fucking <laughs> like what if Solid Snake was a samurai? That's Sangatsu. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good, and the bosses are all tight and uh, made for some really compelling fun. And I'm I've only been playing it for a week now, and uh, I think the last thing I did was I defeated that enemy that was uh, super quick that basically turned into a laser beam and could bounce oh, around the room. Yeah, that son of a bitch. That was that That's was a rough one. That was close. Yeah, I. I I beat him on the first try, but it was down to the wire. <laughs> but uh, yeah, everything about like the abilities, like I said, are great. Like, cause you can do that after you kill the character, you can like basically summon a laser beam bounce and use it to either get into areas you couldn't get into or bounce off mirrors to get to higher levels. So, ah, it, I agree with you hundred percent. Like I bought it on sale. I believe for those listening right now, it's on sale for like 20 bucks. That, that's a steal for this game. I highly recommend it. Yeah, and it's on Game Pass if you're on Xbox as well. So. There you go, there you go. <laughs> um, and they just updated the game too a little while ago where you can play as Zangatsu uh, after you beat the game, I think. What's that? <laughs> Siri started talking to me for some reason. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, they updated the game pretty recently where you can play as Zangatsu. Oh, how do you do that? Um, I think you probably have to beat the game first. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I haven't gone back to it. Hey, I'll do that. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Like uh, it's because I we uh, I did the mission where you're with him on the train, and uh, uh-huh. you have to work with him essentially. Like you have to get behind him when he's guarding against the train boss. And as soon as I'm like, wow, the moves are all there. I wonder if I can play him. So <laughs> I'm quite happy to hear that you can. Yeah. <laughs> all right, but uh, did you have anything? I, I saw a very rare uh, Kickstarter success story that I'm quite happy about. <laughs> yeah. All right, so. I want to talk about a game that, uh, <laughs> how to put this? So, Kingdom Hearts three came out this year. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and so, so look. One of the reasons, the many reasons, I'm going to give kudos to the Final Fantasy VII remake game is it came out. Okay. It, it came out, and it sure did. It sure did, and you know what? It did a lot of other things right, which we'll go into on another day. But it came out, and. That's the first positive I'll say about Kingdom Hearts 3. It came out. <laughs> oh. oh, Lord. <laughs> so, so look, it's Kingdom Hearts. 
that like pretty much all the complaint all the complaints that you have about Kingdom Hearts, uh, they're still here. It wouldn't be Kingdom Hearts if the story made little to no sense. Is it a little disappointing that we're at the what is supposed to be the finale of the story and it still has more questions than answers? Yeah. However, <laughs> <laughs> however, like um, they they did it. It was twelve years. It took twelve years to make this game. It took twelve years to make this, and they did it. And uh, so let's talk. <laughs> all right, let's talk about positives. <laughs> so the weapon designs are really cool. I love what they did with Sora's Keyblades, where they can basically turn into a different kind of weapon. Like one turns into dual guns. The other one turns into a sorcerer's staff, and you can shoot, like, magic bolts all over the field and while gliding across it and what have you. And it really does help out quite a bit. Some of the levels are really interesting, like what they did with Toy Story, where essentially the Heartless kidnapped all the toys without them realizing, stuck them in this virtual world that only looks like Andy's room, and they're kind of stuck there until for all eternity. Dark but they don't really do too much with it aside from that one other than like, yeah, we're just going to stay here and hope Andy appears. <laughs> like you're, you're going to die. But anyway, <laughs> and that's, and uh, some of the levels and the levels are really, really fun too. And some of the fight music too, like uh, the toy story one, battle music while you're fighting is actually really, really engaging. I still listen to it too. Uh, and, uh, and, and the story does conclude to the best of it, of a kingdom hearts ability to conclude. This is the worst. <laughs> <review>. <laughs> Like, if you uh, want more, here's some $30 DLC. <laughs> oh, and oh, and no. now a rhythm game, which apparently will tie into the story, too. Because of course it will, Joe. I mean, to be fair, uh, Persona Dancing All Night ties into the main game. So. <laughs> yeah, but you don't need to play it True. <laughs> to understand what the fuck you just played. Well, that's the thing. The game. That's what I'm trying to warn people about. It's never going to make sense, people. Like, like all... All that happens is the dude behind it finds a way to make it more confusing. Like, uh, I, I don't know if you heard the uh, rumors that, because the, the guy uh, who behind it was going to be behind uh, Final Fantasy fifteen until they kicked him off. So he somehow found a way to include his vision of Final Fantasy fifteen in this game and even has the character basically kill Sora at the end of the DLC. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, and it leads into the beginning of Final Fantasy XV. Oh god. Oh god, but okay, back on the positive. So, look, it concludes the story with Xehanort and uh, his Heartless, and I will say this, the last, the ending of the game, I thought they did one. No kid, all kidding aside, like, the conclusions between certain characters and whatnot, like, uh, like the, the, when you finally kill Ansem, who is the uh, final boss of the very first Kingdom Hearts, <laughs> and as he's slowly dying, and like him and Sora and Riku basically reminisce, it's like, yeah, it makes sense that you guys would would be the ones to do this. And it's like almost like, yeah, like uh, this is where I'm at now. This is where I'm headed to. And you guys were in the right, basically. And <laughs> just them and like certain characters, and they reveal like as they die, like because essentially it leads to all the Keyblade users versus all the versions of Xehanort, which you've seen throughout all the games. And it leads to some really interesting fights where it's basically Sora and two other Keyblade users versus three other versions of the bosses, which all their mechanics going going on at once can make it a son of a bitch to play through. But <laughs> but once you kill one and 
you slowly whittle away till it's just one on one. That's when you're like, okay, I got you now. So it's it, it makes it does feel like a war, which is what what the point is. It's like it's a war of attrition to take on this guy, and you finally beat Xehanort, and uh, you basically get the closure as far as Xehanort's concerned. Granted, they can't. It's Kingdom Hearts, so the guy can't help but throw up all this additional shit that you now have to weed through. That we're probably gonna have to wait another twelve years to do, to figure out what the hell just happened. <laughs> but they released it. They released Kingdom Hearts three. <laughs> and look, I, I I didn't hate it. Like it's every like. Granted, there's some like noticeable. <laughs> we'll put that on the box for the ultimate edition. This is the weirdest game of the. Game of the Year entry ever because I can understand complete. I am I know why it's good, but I understand completely why it shouldn't be on the list either. <laughs> like, all right, let's talk about that freaking uh, Frozen level, which essentially you're just watching Frozen. <laughs> that that's hey, all. it's a fine film. It's a fine film, but you like you really don't engage with any of the characters. Like you could really like look at some of these levels, like especially Tangled. Where you're going to be like, yeah, they didn't feel, com- yeah, Disney really didn't feel comfortable having these characters interact with Sora in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. Because, <laughs> like, in Frozen, the the char- the cast that member that helps you in the fights is actually the snowman that uh, the that uh, Elsa creates to guard her castle in Frozen 1. Olaf. You, what's that? Is it Olaf? Was that his name? Uh, not Olaf. No, 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 no. Not Olaf. I'm talking oh, about. Oh, right, right, right. I'm talking, like, the really big, gigantic one that forces you away like in other words not even a character from the actual show like from the actual (laughs) movie like you have very limited interaction with elsa and the main cast you're sort of like doing your own little thing against some heartless while the movie basically plays out including singing the entire let it go song (laughs) with them trying to figure out little paw points where sora appears and goes oh and then cuts back to Elsa singing the song. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> and, like, certain ones like Tangled, it really makes... The, like, because what they try to do is, like, they take the plot of the movie and figure out a way to interject Sora and his little group in there. And on certain ones, it makes sense. Like, the whole thing, like, with Aladdin. You could totally see him helping Aladdin take down Jafar and what have you. But... Entangled, there's really no big bad for him to fight. So while everything going on, like at the ending of Tangled is happening, a heartless appears outside of the tower that Sora has to fight. You're completely separated from that entire thing. And it's, oh, God. It's like, but they made the, made the game, Joe, is the important thing. <laughs> <laughs> the, and for what it's worth, the, when you do... What you do play is really cool. You actually get to interact with NPCs on certain worlds now, which is interesting. How they uh, handled... Uh, freak, what was the name of that game? The one with uh, Betamax. Uh, Big Hero 6? Yes. How they handled Big Hero 6 I thought was really, really good. And uh, and the, like I said, that last level, like if you could sort of just like take just that last level and just uh, play it for prosperity, because you're basically taking on all of Xehanort, all of the remainder of the evil bad guys, and you get closure for the most part, on each every single one of them, and leading up to that final fight, which could have ended on such a high... Like, I feel like it's kind of like a, another game that I believe came out this year, Shinmu 3. <laughs> <laughs> Where it was like, they had the opportunity to have this end positively, but they decided against 
<laughs> Shenmue, actually, now that I think about it, has a lot in common with Kingdom Hearts when I think about it. <laughs> in defiance of God's will. <laughs> like, no, dude, you're going to wait another 18 years for a sequel, because sure. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, sorry, Arcade. But anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, like, Kingdom Hearts 3, like, I enjoyed my time with it. Like, I... I kind of knew going into it that they were going to do this. I, I really did. But, you know, if you haven't, if you aren't going into each Kingdom Hearts game expecting it, that's kind of on you, I feel. Like, because <laughs> I don't feel like Kingdom Hearts tries to hide what it is. Like, it's, there's a reason why if you try to look up a recap of the story of Kingdom Hearts before playing three, it's like nine videos long on YouTube. <laughs> oh, God. Because they Oh, Lord, but, uh, yeah, it, it was fun. It, it was definitely, it was, played it at the start of the year. It was a fun time. I I enjoyed it. I got that closure. And you know what? To its credit, I did tear up a little bit at certain points in the last, in the couple of the last fights at the end and what have you. <laughs> so, yeah, Kingdom Hearts, they made it. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, your turn. <laughs> oh, God. Jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, uh, man, how do I follow that? <laughs> uh, uh, let's talk about Mortal Kombat 11. Oh, that did come out th- th- this year. It didn't sure it? did. That game was awesome. Freaking a! Like, if of all the game, all the fighting games out there, I really think that Mortal Kombat understands what it is, and they show it fantastically in the story mode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like everything about it, like Johnny Cage having a mature Johnny. Johnny Cage, which is a thing, having to deal with his MK. Johnny Cage, character growth. What the fuck? Him having to deal with what a piece of shit he was in the beginning. <laughs> oh man! Oh, it's it's so good. It's so good. And just watching that whole storyline with Chronica and like like the ever-evolving relationships between all the characters, which, yes, they are that. Like, it, it is interesting watching how all the polit- political bullshit going around in uh, Outworld, for Christ's sakes. Like, <laughs> especially when you go through all three games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, everything going on with Earthrealm and Johnny Cage, Sonya. Like, oh, the beginning of that game. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, like, fucking Sonya Blade, like, dying at the beginning and then, like, Cassandra Kid is like sad about it because obviously, and then like a younger version of her mom appears. It's like what the fuck? Like I love, like how do you deal with that? So speaking of Sonia, how did you think Ronda Rousey did as far as voicing her? Awful. <laughs> by, far, by far the worst part of that game is hearing Ronda Rousey speak <laughs> because she's so bad at it. She's so bad at it. <laughs> Like, her talking to RoboCop is actually kind of funny, because it's sort of similar. But anyway. <laughs> they brought her back for for, for RoboCop. <laughs> yep. Jesus. Why? <laughs> oh. oh, like, the, the, whatever, like, the dump truck full of money that they could have, that they wheeled in front of her, <laughs> could have gone towards anything else. Of all people, too, Ronda Rousey. Like, there was one part where she's like, I don't give a damn about my reputation. Like, oh, because that's your theme music. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway, but to go. what were some of the other things you liked about this one, Joe? Um, I mean, well, it plays fantastically. Like, I like I love just how consistent they've been with how great these games. Like, I think it's the best one since, uh, I guess, MK9. 
like like I guess the only thing I didn't really like was was that the new crypt that they added for unlocking stuff. Like oh. it's like it's gotten out of hand. <laughs> like it's too big and too randomized. Uh, t- tell me you didn't pop a little bit when you saw the guy who played uh, Shang Tsung in the first Mortal Kombat movie appear. Yes, that was pretty good. <laughs> but 100%, I do. It's ridiculous. Like, I do miss the old school crypt where you could look on a game fax and see, okay, this chest right here is what you want to get to get Johnny Cage's other fatality or something like right. that. And, and as you said, it's all randomized now. And it's all a pain in the fucking ass to get to. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, 100% on that one. But, yeah. They, they were trying to make a game out of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I will say, I do love, like, everything they did about this one. Like, the fact that they made, like, the life bars and meters not only smaller, but also curve around the screen, which sounds like it wouldn't work, but it does, so, <laughs> that, you, so that you see more of the fight, and it actually works really well. And just how they, what they do with all the characters there. And uh, some of the special guest star characters are fucking great. Like, uh, <laughs> how they handle Shang Tsung is fantastic, but you, you can do RoboCop versus Terminator, Joe. How awesome is that? <laughs> yeah, about time. Out of curiosity, did you play Aftermath? No, not yet. Oh, um, okay. I, I won't spoil it then for you. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, some, it, is a, it is a spectacle, I will say that. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, story is great. The characters are kind of beloved characters at this point. Uh, and, uh, and uh, NetherRealm, they know what they're doing with a fighting game. Goddamn. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, who's your favorite character out of Curiosity, Joe? Uh, man, through the story? Um, I don't know. I think Scorpion was my favorite, probably. Mm. Uh, let's see. Like, out of all of them, I really enjoyed Kung Lao in this one. Like, uh, <laughs> like his movements, especially because he's essentially Ip Man, if you ever watch those movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, I love it, like, he, like, spear you down, and it goes right into the the, the rabbit punches in the face. <laughs> uh, Kung Lao has sort of become, like, a sleeper favorite of mine, because he's, he's essentially the Donald Duck slash Daffy Duck of the Mortal Kombat series. <laughs> sure. Where he's just eternally in Liu Kang's shadow, and that's, like, the running gag. <laughs> like, his face when, uh, you know, spoiler, but essentially at the end where Liu Kang becomes God. <laughs> yeah. Like, the god now. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't an uphill climb as it was at all. What <laughs> uh, was some other anything? Anything else you got on this one, man? Um, no, I mean just between the story and just how tight that gameplay remains. Um, yeah, like I'm excited for for more Mortal Kombat. I guess. <laughs> Me too, definitely. And considering where it ends, like even after the DLC, there. It's very going to be very interesting where we go from here. I feel like I, I don't know how to call it, honestly. Yeah, because at the end of the the main story, like man, you could go literally anywhere with this now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, like they could completely change characters, and it would make sense. Like, so, yeah. So I'm quite curious, definitely. Uh, just out of curiosity, how many other how many other entries do you got to talk about here? Um, I've got I've got my one game of the year, and then maybe two other ones that I can touch on lightly. All right, so let's see, I'm down to my game of the year. There are other great games out here, like uh, like Control. I wish I was, had gotten it, and otherwise I would have talked about it, but I haven't yet. But it looks like a fantastic game. Uh, but let's talk about here for my next one. Let's talk about a game that uh, I think we predicted pretty well. 
in that this game was either going to be the game of the year, hands down, or this game would have either been the game to be awful. <laughs> so where do you fall on the game that I assume you're talking about? <laughs> so Death Stranding. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to give uh, credit to Sony because they made it. And uh, when I say that, like they went up to Kojima and they said, all right, dude, you can make whatever game you want. What do you got? There's no rains this time. We're not going to be Konami. You guys aren't going to be kept in a corridor. Like, you can make whatever game you want. And Kojima looked at him and with a straight face said, I want to make a game that's essentially one gigantic escort mission. (laughs) And I I assume Sony said, are you sure? And then followed up with, well, we we made a promise. So so happy. I want to make Kojima's delivery service. (laughs) Which is what we got. Which is what we got. (laughs) Yeah. um, I don't hate the game. I guess yeah, um, I have not beaten it. Like, I don't think I'm anywhere close to beating it because I played it at first when it first came out uh, and I played a couple of hours and then I didn't pick it up again until like about a month and a half ago. And I gave it another shot and I was like, I don't know, man, <laughs> like, I played like five or six hours of that game uh, total. Like, I, don't know. I would argue you've played the game. Like that's that's it's essentially it. Like I don't know if you've did seen, you beat it? Uh, I have not, but I've watched people play it from beginning to end. Like, yeah, there okay. are, there are boss fights here and there, but it's only after you do like hours upon hours of like walking, which doesn't <laughs> sound that bad, but it's essentially like Kojima wanted to create a realistic walking around with luggage simulator. And hey, nothing uh, wrong with that. <laughs> just. Someone's got to do it. Apparently. And yeah, it is the most frustrating game. Like I was looking at this, like where did Kojima think we were going to have fun with this? Like it's, (laughs) it's a very basic premise to think about when you're making a video game for the masses. So it's, uh, it's like, I, I I was in disbelief and (laughs) Sony to their credit that I I can't help but feel like Shuhei played this shit. And it was like, yeah, this is not going to be gr- this is not great, but we made a promise. So <laughs> this is essentially what would they keep coming back to? So, uh, but but he did it. Uh, Kojima, he was given the opportunity to make his vision. He made it. The end. Like, <laughs> hey, so, how about that? Yeah. So like, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Joe, what's uh, your next one? <laughs> like, uh, unless you have anything to add on this one here. I mean, the soundtrack's okay. Yay! <laughs> like, I like their use of music, you know, when it pulls out, when the camera pulls back, and it's like, hey, here's some music to walk to. It's like, all right, that's actually kind of nice. <laughs> um, and, you know, like, I, they released, like, some soundtrack on Spotify for the game. I was like, yeah, like, a lot of this music's actually really good. So, you know, it's got that going for it. All right, there we go. Yeah, there you go. That's nice. <laughs> So just out of curiosity, we'll end on this. Uh, how do you feel that about this game winning best game direction at the Game Awards after playing it? <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I feel, uh, I feel that's very funny. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good joke. Uh, anyway, Joe, what's your next one? Um, because I've played the other games in the series and I've talked how much I liked them. Uh, I think it's worth mentioning how much I liked Life is Strange 2. Mm, um, okay. That started coming out 
like this took like a whole year for it to be complete. <laughs> like it started coming out in the middle of 2018, but uh, the final episode didn't come out uh, until like December of last year. Mm. Um, but and you know, and that's how I gauge <laughs> the the release dates for for these episodic games. It's like, well, when did the last one come out? <laughs> <laughs> like that's when it's when it's complete. That's when it's out. Um, and yeah, like this is really it's really good. It's um, it's it takes place in the same universe as the as the first game. So you know, like it you like it, there's a kid with a strange power. Um, you know, in the first game it was Max. Uh, she so can kind of manipulate time a little bit. Uh, and in this one, you play as two brothers. Basically, it's not it's not brothers. Uh, uh, it's not the brothers game, but um, yeah, like you play as two brothers like who live in Seattle uh, with their dad, and uh, they're two Hispanic kids. Mm. And uh, like you're outside playing, like you're outside with your younger brother um, when he gets in a fight with like one of the neighbor kids, um, and they get into like an actual fist fight, and like the dad comes out to try to keep the peace but the cop like someone calls the cops uh and the cop panics and like shoots your dad and kills mm. him <laughs> it's like what the fuck um and you two run away because like it's like well this doesn't look good for us at all <laughs> um <laughs> so you and your little brother leave um and their names are uh, sean and daniel daniel's the younger mm. one with uh with the weird like power he's got the power to like he's got like telekinesis powers Ooh, okay. what, yeah so like when his dad was shot, like he he like released this like energy that like pushed the cop back into his police car and killed the cop on Ooh. top of that. So yeah, so it's like um yeah we have to go because <laughs> <laughs> like no matter what happens and how it shakes out, it's not gonna be good for us. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, like you you two have uh, um you guys go on this journey basically like the older brother's like we should go down to Mexico to where our dad has a house. Um, but you know, you're in fucking Seattle, so it's like literally you have to go down the entire west coast of the United States to do it. Um and uh like like I don't want to spoil any of the rest of the story, but it's it's really it's really good. Like it's really cool. Like it's like it's the very rare story of like Hispanic characters where like one of them isn't the gangbanger or or speaks in like ridiculous Spanish slang, like no one says cojones or anything like that. <laughs> you know? You know, like, it's like, oh, yeah, someone remembered that fucking <laughs> Hispanic people can be just normal people. Like, no one's name is Hector or a drug dealer or things like that. It's nice. It's good. Um, I encourage everybody to play it. Uh, so it's not like the last Rambo movie. That's great. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jesus. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Like, every time, like, they, they, like, reveal a character for, like, other games, right? Like, Apex Legends, they're, which is another really good game for 2019, by the way. Hmm. Um, but I didn't play much of it because it's not really my thing. Yeah. Uh, but, like, they released a new character recently. Um, like, and she's, like, a Latina character. And, like, and she's, like, sassy and fiery. And it's, like, is this the only archetype that people can remember for, for Hispanic <laughs> characters? The spicy Latino or <laughs> this it's frustrating. So it's nice to see like a game where it's like, yeah, these are just normal fucking kids dealing with some heavy shit. Nice. Nice. Like how do, how would you say it compares to like the original of uh life is strange? Do you think it's, is it better? Does it stand up well to it or? Um, yeah. Like I, like I like it better. Um, oh. that's my, um, that's my, <laughs> that's kind of just my bias. Cause it's like, yeah, like, Hey, Hispanic characters, look at that. <laughs> 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 Exist. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but like I thought that game was excellent too. So like this one, this one's really great as well. Um, like there's also like a side story that you can download for free uh, called The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. Ah, yeah, I remember that one. Um, you play through that and depending on the choices that you make there, um, they carry into the second episode of uh, Life is Strange 2. Hmm. Um, like nothing like massive, but it's just like, oh, like you dress like you, you're you, in that one. You play as like a little kid who dresses up as a superhero. And the way you dress them up in there carries over to, to episode two. Like, that's really it. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you run into that char- those characters uh, in the second episode of the game. Nice. Uh, it's great. You should, everyone should, I encourage people to check it out. All right. All right, so my penultimate game here uh, that I'll mention here is Resident Evil 2. Uh, I'm uh, glad you could talk about it because I did not play <laughs> But I heard it was like. It was. Uh, admittingly, I haven't played uh, Resident Evil 3 that came out this year. But Resident Evil 2, I can tell you, like, everything that you were hoping it would be, like, when you thought of, like, oh, I wonder what a... I, I would love a remastered of Resident Evil 2. They did it. Like, everything is wonderful. Like, I th- like the uh, memory you have of your heart of that game, that that's what we have here. And uh, they take... They take some fun little uh, liberties here and there with the game. Like, they have fun with the lighting. There's some, like, fun, especially with that police station there. There, There's, like, some, like, really cool oh shit moments where you'll, like, open the conference room and there's, like, six freaking zombies in there. And then you just calmly close the doors again. But they... (laughs) But they can open those doors and they chase you. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, all the stuff they do with, uh, what is it, Mr. X? Is that what they call the creature? Yeah. Yeah. Like, Mr. X is a pain in the fucking ass, I have to say. Like, <laughs> you see him there, there's a trophy for shooting the hat off his head. But, you like, you generally want to get... <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Like the... But you generally want to get the hell away from him because he will wreck you really quick. I don't, like... With the exception of if you've unlocked like the missile launcher to play through, he you're not going to do anything with him. And uh, <laughs> it is like it does do a fantastic job with ten- job with tension because like uh, for the most part you're in the uh, police station. A lot of people forget that about the game. Right. It's like majority there, and you can hear him walking like on, on the room above you, on the room below you, and it does get louder as he gets closer to and closer to you, and. Uh, it is super intimidating. Like there have been times where I've just stood in a room, like trying to make, trying to check if he was going to appear or not. And he never <laughs> did. And, uh, when he does show up, sometimes he'll crash through a wall sometimes, but a lot of times he'll just like start or start, uh, peek around a corner, come straight at you. And it's sometimes at the time you're trying to go real slow. So you don't like attract the attention of a liquor <laughs> <laughs> or like my favorite when, uh, you're, t- there's like this puzzle in the library that involves you like heavily moving stuff. And he seems to know always when you're doing that and he'll just show up. So you have to like lose him, make your way back to the library, move the thing an inch for him before he appears again. (laughs) Uh, But aside from that, though, like the liquor, when it shows up, it's wonderful how the rendition of it. And it's like completely frightening. The odes to the previous game are really good and um, like how, how they handle certain things like when you're controlling Sherry or Ada and like the extra stuff that they give them for the do is actually really, really well done. Like uh, I it's it's a game that was done before, but it was like lovingly it was a very lovingly made remaster of it. And 
I thought they did a fantastic job. It's definitely worth it, especially if you see it on sale. I, I highly recommend it. Nice. All right, buddy. What do you got next? Um, just some quick honorable mentions that I'm not going to get too detailed on them just before I get to my game of the year. Um, like I thought, Untitled Goose Game was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a ridiculous game concept. But, yep, you play as a horrible goose, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Um, let's see, uh, Pokemon Shield was okay. Hmm. Didn't love it. Like I loved other Pokemon games. Was I kind of had to. Was it because they didn't have all the Pokemon in there? Or? Um, just the total lack of uh, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Dean Ambrose content <laughs> that I thought was unforgivable. <laughs> That's um, that was the reason I'm intending to buy the Shield version of the game. That is hundred percent the reason I bought the Shield one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, we're stupid. <laughs> uh, let's see. The Outer Worlds was okay. Um, that was the RPG put out by uh, Obsidian mm. last year. Um, kind of like a Fallout style game, but didn't totally grab me the way I'd hoped. Mm. And Outer Wilds um, was kind of like this Groundhog type game, Groundhog Day type game where uh, you play in the time loop, basically, trying to figure out what the hell's going on in this tiny little solar system. Um, I, I didn't get too far into it, and I liked what I what I played, but, like, people that really got into it, like, talk about it like it's one of the best games, like, ever. So, like, I'm thinking about going back to check it out fully, but... Nice. Just wanted to shot those games. Absolutely. All right, so without further ado, what could possi- what could have possibly been good enough to beat Tetris? Oh, man, uh, you actually mentioned it. In passing a little bit, oh, or a little while ago, and um, yeah, it took me a little bit to think about like which one was actually my favorite game of the year because like Bloodstained was really good, uh, Judgment was really good, and hmm. you know I still love Tetris ninety nine, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Control is excellent. Oh, okay, it's excellent, dude. Like it is so fucking good. <laughs> like I, like it kind of blew my mind. Uh, that it could be as good as it was because, like, you know, it was made by Remedy, who, you know, like, they're a good developer for sure. Um, but, you know, the last game was, you know, Quantum Break, which I did not care for at all. Mm. Um, a lot of people didn't care for it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, like, Alan Wake is fun. Um, and, uh, you know, those Mac, those first two Max Payne games, you know, those, like, you know, like, they, they're very capable of making really good shit, <laughs> you know? And Control, like, really knocks it out of the park. Like, I've never seen... Twin Peaks, I'll be honest, but like everyone like playing it is like, this is the Twin Peaks ass game. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like it's really fucking good. <laughs> it's just, it's just no two ways about it. Um, like you, you play as this woman, her name is Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, and the game just starts with you going into this office building for this Bureau of the government that, that only exists in this game. It's called the Federal Bureau of Control. And apparently like the, the, the the very kick the the very bizarre part of it is that no one knows that the building exists it gets in fucking Manhattan but like no one can like no one can enter it if they don't know it's there and somehow they've made a way so that it's invisible to everybody else um, so you go into it this building and like it's already empty and you're like the fuck <laughs> so you go through the security and all that and like she makes her way to like this office um, for like the director of this bureau and like he's lying dead on the fucking floor with a gunshot wound to his head you're like uh okay (laughs) (laughs) and you pick up the gun next to him and it turns out that this gun 
you know, like this weapon, like is what makes the person the director. Like if you can wield this gun, you are the director of <laughs> the Bureau of Control. So she's uh, just the director now? So she's just the fucking director now. You go through this like initiation sequence where it's like it's part tutorial to like so you know how it's called the service weapon. Mm-hmm. Like like how it controls and all that. And it's like, wow, you survived the initiation, so you are now the director. You're like you're like fucking what? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, she's looking for her brother, uh, who went missing. And yeah, like as you go through this building, like like you learn all this bizarre shit about this fucking completely shadowy bureau uh, that apparently looks into like all kinds of supernatural shit that happens, and you know they find certain things like things that happen are tied to like certain objects or whatever, like oh this fucking horsey car- this horse from a carousel or whatever like has some weird power that like almost blew up a town or whatever, so they they find it and they contain it in their building called the oldest house. And like the walls shift, and like it's all just so fucking weird. And but it's so good. <laughs> like it's one of the few games where like bo- like bothering to find the collectibles like does so much more to enrich the story. Because like on the really? surface, like yeah, like on the surface, it's like all right, yeah, like it's obviously all the shit that's happening is weird and bizarre. But like the more you look into like these classified and redacted documents, you're like, what the fuck happened in like Wyoming? <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's also it's just so good. And, like, there's one moment towards the end of the game uh, that's based on a musical cue that's, that is, <laughs> that is like, the only moment, like, only single moment to me that was better than that fucking Michael Jackson moment. Uh, uh, and it's not, it's not, like, a comedic thing, but, like, just that one singular moment, like, as a gameplay sequence that is, like, incredible. Oh, wow. Like, it's really good. Like, the combat is really good. Um, like, besides the weapon that you get, like, you can, you can, like float around and you, you've got telekinesis and shit like it's like it's it's a complex game but like as you learn it like taking out enemies with like like grabbing like a chunk of like the wall or whatever and just throw, heaving it at somebody and then like blowing something up and like turning around and like blowing <laughs> some fool's head off uh it's really satisfying it's one of the most satisfying uh fucking gun games that i've played in a very long time nice i've been curious about it for some time like i keep hearing all these great things about it the the no, yeah, the only thing I ever see is those like the floating around and like hurling rocks or various yeah. fruits of furniture at people. No, but it's so like dynamic. Like it's it, like, like I don't know, man. It's 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 fucking excellent. <laughs> right. We may have to. I believe it's on sale right now for nineteen seventy nine. For those listening, pretty close to when this right. happened. So yeah, I may have to pick it up. Yeah, that is absolutely worth twenty dollars. <laughs> All right. So, unless you had anything else to add on control, um, the game visually is excellent too. Like, like that game, like the like the like the only like drawback, I guess, is that like if you pause the game and like unpause it, like the frame rate drops like oh. to like an obscene observe, like only for like a couple of seconds. And it happens like no matter what system you play it on, like no matter which PS4 or which Xbox or even on PC, I think. Oh wow! <laughs> it's like it's got this weird thing where like the frames drop for a, like a second or two before it gets back to normal. Uh, <laughs> But, like, aside from that, like, the game, like, looks incredible, too. Like, the graphics are all, like, like, I played it on Xbox One uh, X, and it's like, oh. yeah, like, the, the, the environment designs, like, the, the enemy designs, like, all of it is, like, stunning. Like, the lighting. Oh, God A plus. A plus. <laughs> all right. Very good. All right. So, for now, for my game of 2019, and... 
I'm pretty sure Joe already knows what it is. MLB The Show, 19. Yep. It was so great. Fantastic edition. Indeed. It was so great to play as Ken Geary Jr. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, FYI, it is incredible to play as Ken Geary Jr. (laughs) So, a Little Souls game came out called Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't call that. I was expecting you to uh, say. Well, because I don't have it on my list because I didn't play it. Like, <laughs> I only put down the games that I actually played. Oh, uh, like, well, granted, but I was expecting, like, when you were, like, reviewing them and you saw that, and you're like, oh, that's totally a Malcolm game right there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now that I remember, yes, that's totally it. <laughs> so, so, as everyone knows, I'm a big Souls guy. And some of you may be wondering, hey, well, what makes this game stand out so much? Like, I would say this is easily one of the best Souls games ever made. And uh, so for those of you, so it addresses a lot of complaints. I think I've heard Joe say about the Souls games. Number one, I just want to make it abundantly clear. I don't expect Joe to go buy this game. So let's not, Probably miss, won't. <laughs> let's not, let's not miss words, but I'm just saying stuff he said before in the past and stuff I've heard other people say in the past, to be fair, uh, I think get addressed here. Like there's no coherent story in Souls games. Well, you got one right here. You play, a, <laughs> you play as uh, the ninja, and you're essentially you're trying to find your master, who's this young child who was kidnapped by a rival shogunate, and you basically have to invade his territory and find where he is amongst and his providence slash castle, and it has you going through a lot of mystical mystical areas, and as well as dealing with various different kinds of ninja, samurai, and various other orient type creatures and some not really because in one you literally fight a gigantic ape and it's one of the most <laughs> and it's one of the most challenging bosses because it, it yeah you know, to spoil it essentially you find out that their ba- the shogunate is experimenting in eternal life which eventually which actually involves this parasite that looks like a giant millipede that crawls right into the host's body and just basically makes it immortal. And uh, part of it is you have to yank the thing out of the freaking body and chop it off. But for all intents and purposes, once you take out, like beheading is not enough to kill these things because you still need to kill the millipede in there. So you essentially have to deal with these zombie versions of things you wouldn't normally think of. Like a zombie, a zombie giant gorilla is fucking terrifying. Now, when you think about it, <laughs> yes, but Anyway, you got a coherent story. Uh, oh, I can't learn all these weapons. and sh- Literally, all you use is the one katana. Like, you'll unlock, like, granted little sub-weapons, but your main weapon is the katana. And for s- those of you worried that, like, oh, I can't stand, I can't stand the uh, standing behind the shield and only striking <laughs> when you're supposed to, like... No, you don't need to worry about that. In fact, it's generally a great idea to just run up and and go go at these enemies. Is if you do like the old slash ones and then hold the block button, you're gonna die because because <laughs> they're they actually increase the amount of ways to dodge stuff. Like there's an actual jump button. That's actually a pretty big deal. In the hey, <laughs> you got so you can actually jump over certain attacks, and of course you got the block button. But in this one, you really it really does reward you for learning parry because if you can parry a, a a swipe with a sword at the right time, you can stagger the enemy, thus opening up to instantly kill them, which <laughs> does play a big part of it there. And uh, sometimes it's great to just dash out of the way of 
of uh, attacks as opposed to stand there and block it because you'll end up still taking more. And if you and the enemy hits you enough time while you're blocked, they'll stagger you and you can take tremendous damage as well. So you've essentially got three meth- methods of dodging and it's just a matter of trying to figure out which is the best way to go about avoiding or taking on certain enemies. And it's really, really, really fun. And on top of that, you got like a grappling hook so you can get to a high high area, take on enemies, dodge away, learning how each enemy works and the best way to tackle them. Like it is so great when you go into this area and at first you're, you're full of this trepidation. Like, I don't know what these enemies (laughs) do and how to handle them. But once you learn them, you, I can literally just run through and clear out these enemies in like two minutes. And (laughs) it's fucking amazing. And, uh, the, uh, boss fights are some of the best boss fights I've ever had. Granted, some of these demons are disgusting because apparently they're <laughs> they're based on Japanese lore. So you have to deal with these headless enemies that some literally reach into their ass because that's how zombie enemy that's how zombies in Japan work. It's supposed to be like something where they're like grabbing like something of their soul and it's supposed to be down there and it, it's disgusting. But anyway, <laughs> aside from that, you've got the enemies enemy boss type ranges. Like sometimes you'll get like these weird looking long lanky enemies that move like uh, freaking caterpillars that have like these Wolverine claws on you. That'll just repeatedly try to slash you. Or you have these enemies that have like these rifles that are also bow staffs that you have to like deal with not only dodging all these quick bow staff moves, but they'll suddenly like put it across their shoulder and shoot it at you like a shotgun blast to the face. So you have to watch out (laughs) for that. You've got, gorillas as i mentioned before you've got like these epic shogunates who can summon the freaking lightning of thor to come down on you Uh, yeah and i played this game for a huge amount of months i like some and some of the bosses are super challenging it took me quite a few attempts to beat certain ones and uh, i i got those jitters that i did for demon souls where you would see the boss like uh like a mile away and I would just like put the controller down and just like calculate in my head how how I was going to strategize and beat this guy before going in there. And there's multiple ways to take on different type of enemies. Some like some people will just go sword only. There are certain sub weapons that actually really make mincemeat out of uh, some of these <laughs> bosses. It's, it kind of reminds me of Mega Man, where if you know what to use, it can be really, really simple. But still, but it's but it's uh, also challenging as well. And the the story is really engaging too, like uh, Sekiro and what he him trying to free his master, and then what happens later in the story is freaking engaging. So I highly recommend it. It it was uh, it was fantastic. It's been a while since a Souls game really grabbed me. I I'd say it grabbed me more than Bloodborne even did, and uh, it was a, just a joy to play. For me, that was my game of the year of two thousand nineteen. Yep, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So that was our game of the year. Feel free to let us know in the comments or write in and then let us know. Oh, and I've already forgotten our email address. It's been so long, but uh, uh, that's uh, mailbag at the firm Hey, someone's on, on their game here. <laughs> All right, Joe. So that does it for game of the year, folks. Now <laughs> that brings us to our final topic here. Hey, Joe, there was a new system announced. Oh, geez, I almost forgot. (laughs) (laughs) The PS5. The reveal reveal event that I thought kicked the living shit out of uh, Xbox announced 
conference <laughs> thing. But, you know, open to interpretation. But otherwise, I thought it was a good conference. What did you th- think about it in, in general? Uh, I thought it was great. Uh, they're, they're making a whole new PlayStation, and it's going to be a good one, <laughs> it looks like. Indeed. And uh, I thought they did a fantastic job mixing up of the indie games. It was like a real smorgasbord of uh, games, like little game, like something that appeals to everyone. You know, that you got driving games, you got uh, interesting RPGs, you got remakes of classic games, you got, uh, hey, you did you like Horizon? Here's some more. Like, <laughs> like. If you let, it's impressive if you left that conference not excited for something, even if it's a game that's going to probably be on the other console, like Resident Evil 8, which actually legit shocked me. I didn't realize it until they grayed out the 8 and grayed out everything but the 8 and the, the village <laughs> title. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, yeah, like there's a lot of third party stuff that they showed. Um, like that one Capcom game, what was it called? <laughs> Uh, not, not 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 just Resident Evil. I was about one. to say, like uh, I thought I just said it. <laughs> no, the one uh, like takes place in like New York or something. It's like you and that little girl. Uh, I forget what it was called. <laughs> yeah, I forget what it's called too. Got like on. for a while, I thought it was, for a while I thought it was a Kojima game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Is that a... all right. Um, but for me, the most exciting ones are, um, of course, uh, Spider Man. Uh, yeah, Miles Morales. Uh, what? There's still some confusion. Like, there's a lot of confusion uh, as to what exactly that game is, but apparently it's going to be a, a standalone kind of deal, like the way that uh, they made Lost Legacy for Uncharted. Uh, so I expect that to be like a forty dollars thing again. Um, you know, mm-hmm. not quite as big in scale, but hopefully that leads into uh, Miles Morales being an equal partner. Goddamn it! <laughs> in uh, the the full on Spider-Man uh, sequel that is inevitably coming, but. Uh, I was excited for that. Uh, of course, I'm excited for Gran Turismo 7, a proper Gran Turismo 7. Uh, what else? That Ratchet and Clink game looked really good. It did, yeah. That, talk about making the most out of the new power engine there. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, like, they're just, yeah, like, the, that portal stuff looked really impressive. Yeah, you got Sackboy getting its own, getting his own video game there. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I said, Did something. Little Big Planet? Nope. But you know, some people, so, uh, certain people do. Uh, Deathloop looked interesting. I don't know what you thought about that. Yeah, that looked fun. Um, I think they showed that off earlier, um, but I guess it's a timed, exclu- timed exclusive for PS4 or mm-hmm. PS5 now. Um, but yeah, what I saw of it before seemed fun. Seems like time loops are a big thing now <laughs> for video games. Yeah, that's the hot ticket. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know if you remember this game, but I saw this and I thought it might be a sleeper hit. But it was a game called Little Devil Inside. Uh, yeah, that looked fun. Yeah, I, I loved like it looks like they're made of paper mache, and it was like this weird dichotomy where you keep switching to this like adventurer that looks like he's in paper mache Dark Souls, and <laughs> and then it cuts to like this what I thought was a business guy who's just going about his his normal day, and <laughs> then it keeps cutting to him like <laughs> graphically killing these other these little monsters and creatures. And then it looks like he's a general, so I, I'm not sure what's going on there. But that looked like it was could be really interesting. Yeah, like for sure. Let's see. Uh, let's see what else. There's a lot to man. Oh. There's so much at the show. Oh, Pragmata. That's the one with the little girl. I think. Oh uh, yeah, yes, yes, that's the one. Um, yeah, I can tell what that game is actually about, but uh, but visually it looked really great. Hmm. Let's see here. Uh, Horizon Two, man, for, uh, Forbidden West looks goddamn incredible. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, that Sandra popped really hard when she saw that game. Like she she loved the first Horizon. She's beat it from beginning to end. I love the game too. Like it really broke my heart that one year it didn't win Game of the Year. Game of the Year <laughs> came really close though. But uh, yeah, fantastic game. And so yeah, I I'm looking forward to it. And I feel like they're gonna have a lot more fun with this one. Like the the weird crab like. Uh, crab like robot with like all the moss on it look good and plus you got i forget if we, did we have pterodactyls the last time i feel like it's the first yeah time. yeah okay yeah there's a whole part where you go into the mountains or whatever and fight the fucking thunderbirds or whatever ah okay well thunderbirds are more like falcons like these were like full-on pterodactyls and like look but you know same thing they're giant guess. birds that want to kill you malcolm What's yeah the fair, fair. <laughs> they're 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 different and I don't, I don't believe we had mastodons the last time. No, I think no. The biggest ones were those T Rexes or or whatever. Well, to be fair, the biggest ones were the skyscraper ones you had to jump on in order to get the layout of the land. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. Um, man, I gotta replay that game. I've been wanting to replay it. Like I never, I like I played it still on the original PS4. Like I haven't played it since I got uh, my PS4 Pro like two years ago. Yeah, that was a weird one. Uh, like, I played it at the beginning and the end. I believe that was the game that came out, like, roughly the, like, three days before. <laughs> the Switch and Zelda. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it totally got its fucking lunch eaten, but just uh, just from, a like, a terms of, like, people paying attention to it. But that game was still really fucking good. Yeah, it was. And it, it, it's unfortunate, like, if, if any two games to go up head-to-head against each other, I kind of feel like it these were not the two games to go up together just because their control schemes were so different. Yeah. Like, so like if you switch from one to the other, you had to like take a minute to like refit configure yourself. <laughs> oh God. But yeah, I, like uh, somebody, a reviewer that I was w- watching, like uh, react to the show, like somebody made the, the uh, comparison that horizon is now PlayStation Zelda going forward. For <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, like, in terms of the exploration and just like uh, uncovering new stuff. Yeah. I, I don't think that's a bad comparison. Yeah. And, I mean, from like, it's just, they kind of, they're going to paint themselves into a corner eventually. Cause like, you know, like horizon is a game with like a consistent story, you know, like the Zelda games, like they kind of get away with putting one out on every system because like, yeah, there's no like real, like the uh, attachment between games is like extremely loose. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. like it's just an excuse to play a Zelda game basically. Yeah. Yeah. But at any rate, uh, I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, what about, let's see, the game, God, do you remember Godfall? Um, vaguely. I know that Gearbox is publishing it, Yeah, which that... turns me off from it immediately. Cause oh. I just... <laughs> it's like, <laughs> fuck Randy Pitchford and his bullshit. <laughs> yeah, uh, it looked interesting. It's essentially like a looter with uh, melee combat instead of uh, the typical shoot 'em up So curious yeah. to see where that goes. The game, I, two guesses which game, like, popped me pretty huge. Oh, um, the port of GTA V. <laughs> yeah, of course, that that time was classic. <laughs> Finally, a place to play Grand Theft Auto V. <laughs> uh, Demon's Souls Remastered was announced. and as soon Oh, as, yeah. Yeah, as soon as I saw, like, at first you didn't know what the trailer was, but then I saw the body fall out of that bird's claw and i was like i know what this game is <laughs> and it just looks phenomenal and uh, i can't it wait it does look really really good oh yeah the design of the monsters at the very least you got to appreciate that and i i can't wait like that trailer to me was everything like every boss that i saw in that trailer like the storm lord the freaking 
god dragon oh god like (laughs) i can't wait to dive back into it (laughs) yeah and it's a proper remake not like a remaster so like blue point games is working on it they did like they did the remake for like shadow of the colossus Mm. um so yeah that game is gonna be in good hands for sure definitely um yeah, like they put up some comparison shots from like the PS3 game to to this remake, and it's like, holy fuck, <laughs> jeez. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, were there any other games you wanted to talk about, or did you want to delve into the console itself? Uh, hold on, let's see. I've got a list of stuff that they brought up. Uh, Bug Snacks looks fun <laughs> they, the, from the developers of uh, Acto Dead. Uh, uh, goodbye, Volcano High. Looks like it could be an emotional one. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm down to play some angsty teens. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, that Kena game, the Bridge of Spirits. Yes. Uh, that game was pretty impressive. Had some P- Pikmin vibes to it, but yeah, it looks pretty good. Uh, Returnal, the, the game where you're basically revi- reliving the same five minutes or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, that- like I said, it was a big day for uh, <laughs> for time loop games in, the, in that presentation. <laughs> Uh, Hitman 3 got announced. Yes, and man, man, they are so good at making trailers for those for those Hitman games. Like that, that music was so good. Hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Let's see here. Uh, we finally got to saw Ghostwire Tokyo. What did you think about it? That looks cool. Hmm. Yeah, uh, like uh, Shinji Mikami was heading that up, so I'm sure it's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and let's see. Yeah, you already got that little devil inside. I got that. I think that's everything. They're, ma- they're making a new Oddworld game. <laughs> yes. And they're finally going to free freaking Abe's mouth. Finally. Nice. <laughs> you know, I've never played an Oddworld game. I played it. The original on PS one wasn't for me. I, yeah. <laughs> it, it looked like it was essentially lemmings and uh, <laughs> goddamn those, uh, other Abe's, species dies really quick and it's super frustrating uh, after the 50th time you try to survive so <laughs> uh, uh project athea oh yeah yeah the one that yeah that kind of looked like it was based off the tech demo they did a few years <laughs> for back. unreal engine right yeah yeah <laughs> and there was like another one that they did ages ago as well but it, it looks pretty good like i, I like yeah, yeah. where that could go and hey believe it or not they're bringing nba 2k 21 <laughs> yeah you can yes and they can sweat like never before. And, uh, <laughs> it's like that is uh, Zion Williamson looking ass Zion Williamson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that sure is Zion Williamson for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Like, like get the microtransactions out of that game. That's <laughs> all. How about that? That's all. Like, <laughs> I think it was about the time that they actually put a goddamn Vegas roulette wheel as part of it that I was like, okay, you you just know like, what you are. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're just completely taking the mask off, huh? Yeah, yeah, not even trying to hide it. You, you just... <laughs> See, uh, Destruction All-Stars, uh, that game, which looked like it was going to be, uh, I thought it was going to be Rocket League for a second there, but... Uh, <laughs> But that one looks like it could be potentially fun. Give us PlayStation All-Stars, you cowards. You know, I, I honestly thought when they were, like, introducing Ratchet and Clank and he was talking about dimensions opening up and merging, I thought, is this how they're going intri- to... I thought, like, Nathan Drake was going to walk out of one and Kratos was <laughs> like, oh, my God, they're doing it. Well, no, they didn't. But, hey, Ratchet and Clank is good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and there's a game where you can play as a cat. With the backpack. <laughs> oh, strays. Yeah. Oh, stray. It looks neat. 
like, okay. Yeah, it, it remind. I looked at it. It reminded me of this game called Spider that you could get on uh, on the phone. It was like a phone mobile game, and essentially the goal was just to uh, create little webs here and there to <laughs> in certain spots, but. As you play the game, it just looks like you're in a normal house. And all of a sudden, one, you see like a shoe. And the other one, you see like it's actually a dead body. And as you keep playing these levels, you start to realize there was a fight here. And you're slowly but surely kind of inadvertently figuring out what happened to cause all this. So it's like, (laughs) it was actually really good. And I feel like that's what Strays is going to be kind of like. You're going to just be a cat delivering mail. And you're going to find out why these robots wiped out humanity or what have you i don't know (laughs) (laughs) bold prediction here (laughs) yeah that's going out on a limb there (laughs) all right uh is that all of them uh i think so i'm looking at this list of stuff on the playstation blog and i think that about covers it finally all right so let's talk about the system itself now (laughs) now you're either in one or the other this is essentially the uh the Kojima debacle here with the pre- with the other game there where you either thought this was really cool or you thought this was goofy. Uh, Joe, <laughs> where did you land? It's a silly looking thing for me. <laughs> like it, it looks so much like the fucking router you get from your ISP. Oh. <laughs> I mean, they all look like router, like hate to break it to Xbox, but their new one looks like my router for Xfinity right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, whatever, like ultimately, like it doesn't actually matter what it looks like. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like you got to give something. You got to you, you got to make something that people like want to get in the first place. You know? Yeah. I mean, to be, um, to be in their defense, people are talking about it. Granted, it's a lot of memes, but it's still talking <laughs> about it. Oh man. Um, yeah. Like it looks. You know. Like the real thing about it is that apparently it's fucking enormous. Really. Yeah. Like people uh, took the the one with the, the disk drive or whatever, and you know they kind of like put up to scale based on the disk drive, uh, you know, compared to other consoles. And it's like, this thing like towers over everything. Mm. Like, like bigger than the original PS3, bigger than the original Xbox One. Uh, like just a, just a big chunky boy <laughs> to, put, to put under your uh, TV stand or whatever. Definitely. And I, I like the design of it personally. I, I like the white on black. It actually makes me think of Aperture Science from the uh, <laughs> <those> Portal games. <laughs> yeah, I, do, I mean, I do like the color combo. Yeah, and, and I love how it goes along with both the camera, the headset, the controllers. So nice little look, uniform look. I, I, I like yeah. it. Um, yeah, the only thing is that they didn't reveal the price for any of it. Mm. <laughs> like they, they showed off all these accessories, which I thought was premature, honestly, if you're not going to talk about the prices for any of them. <laughs> like it's one thing to not say the price of the console, but to like, hey, here's also some accessories. It's like, well, how much do those cost? <laughs> We probably like. I'm gonna guess we don't hear about that till either August or September. Which I, I'm already assuming it's gonna be 500 bucks. Like uh, that. That's where I'm sort of falling on. Uh, interesting to note, and uh, I, forgive me if you said this already, but there's a digital version and the standard uh, CD version. Right. Yeah. They're yeah. They got the what do they call it? The, just a digital edition. Yeah, the <laughs> digital edition is what they call it. And um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Like, it like is the digital edition going to have twice the hard drive space of the other version? Um, in which case, it'll probably be probably around the same price. But then again, like I have no idea how much a Blu-ray disc player impacts the price of uh, something like this. Uh, yeah, like I have no idea. Like the economics of this particular uh, split can be so weird, right? Because like it's not, 
it'd be one thing if we were still using the same hard drives as you know with the PS4 and PS3, but like you know you're using solid state drives, so it's much more expensive to scale uh, storage. You know, like you can't just double the the, the size of the, of the hard drive because it's like well that would be pretty fucking expensive <laughs> for the solid state drive that they're using apparently. Because um, like yeah, like they even said before, like what is it going to be like 800 gigs or whatever, like not even a full terabyte. Yeah, that that was the rumor. It was going to be at minimum like eight hundred some odd uh, gigabytes there. Yeah, like when when Mark Cerny was talking about uh, the hardware a couple months ago. Oh man, G- did you see that? By the way. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, this is all very <laughs> like I'm sure this is very useful for developers, but it's like I've got no idea what the fuck you're talking about, dude. <laughs> Th- this feels like when I'm talking to you about Souls, and I'm I'm really excited about it, and I'm telling you about this, and you're like, yeah, uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or when I talk to you about Tetris, you're like, uh-huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whatever, man. Or I'm talking about wrestling to uh, my friends. Yeah, it's exactly like like this is probably. <laughs> like I promise you, this is really exciting. <laughs> like this, you could tell. Hey, hey, credit to Sony. Cerny is the guy for this. Like this is what he lives and breathes right here. Like, yeah, he, like he's he's the guy. Like you could tell he goes home and all he does is like look at blueprints of fucking schematics of uh, electronics and going on message board, talking about how awesome the new NVIDIA is. Like, this is what he, <laughs> what he, his jam. Like, you could tell he's, like, in his element right there. Yeah, it's, a, it's his Super Bowl, goddammit. Mm-hmm. It's his WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, and to be fair, we did uh, learn some stuff there. Like, he, do, he does talk about backwards compatibility and how, so that's, gonna be a thing like but uh yeah it's just like it's just funny just because like some people went into this thing and this was gonna be the e3 conference no 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 this is <laughs> this is the investors meeting shit right here is what it was <laughs> right yeah <laughs> um yeah i mean the interesting thing is though you know the prices that you know we don't know what the prices are for for either version of the system and you know like obviously there's no time but compared to you know the xbox one and, and ps4 by this time uh we already knew what the prices were for both of those consoles. Hmm. Uh, you know, like they did that big reveal at E3, remember, where they just kind of <laughs> blew the doors off the place. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, like it wasn't just – it was the form factor. It was like here's how powerful it is and also here's the cost. Like we got everything we needed to know about it uh, at that E3 console. And, that, and, you know, like it's – you know, things are very different now, obviously. Um, so the economics of, hey, when do we reveal the price of what's – going to be a multi hundred dollar console when people are a ton of people are going to be out of work and you know like it's hard to even tell what the distribution challenges are going to be because like fucking like right now and as we record this like cases of COVID-19 are spiking across the United States again Um, yeah so like like that's largely the reason I'm sure that we don't know what the prices of these things are yet Uh, do we even know what the Xbox is the new Xbox is going to be like the price wise no, <laughs> no, no, none of that. It's like, yeah, as soon as I realized, uh, like, me and Sandra joke about it, like, I started a, a savings account to save up for the new console, like, earlier this year. Here, with the general idea, it was going to be at least 500 If it's more than that, then I should have enough if we have, like, 500 put away. Yeah, and surely you'd probably like to play a game with it as well. Yeah, yeah, there's that, too. <laughs> like, no, I'm just going to stand it up and look at it. It's going to be real pretty. Like, I'm kind of hoping that GameStop might be desperate enough to do a Switch switch situation. Like, I don't know if you recall, but I didn't spend a dime on oh, right. 
<laughs> like uh, I had the Wii U and the new 3DS and just those alone comp- more than paid for the Switch and a game. And then I switched all the other games, which got me several other games. So it was like I didn't spend anything on this console. It was great. Like I mean, maybe, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, they're probably looking at that digital console and they're like, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, watch! They only give you—they give you double the trade-in value on the physical. <laughs> oh, right. Some bullshit. Like you don't want like you don't want that door stuff. You want the one with the, with the disc drive in it. <laughs> now, out of curiosity, uh, if you were a betting man, what what's going to be the prices of the two consoles? Do you think? Uh, jeez. Like I'm guessing it's four fifty and then five hundred. Four. Like I don't imagine. Like I imagine that the storage is going to be the same regardless of whether you get the drive or not. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Four fifty in favor of the uh, discless version. Yeah, because uh, yeah, like if, if if all other things are equal, it's like you gotta. It's like yeah, that's a component that you know. If you don't have that, like how can you charge the same? Um, and it, and you know it's a UHD drive too. You know it's not just a regular Blu-ray. It's, like it's a four K drive finally, which is <laughs> somehow missing out of the PS4 Pro. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like those are still relatively expensive. Uh, as a PC component, so it's yeah. got to be at least fifty bucks difference. Yeah, it, it'll depend on like how much storage they put in there. If they're like, yeah, the digital version has two terabytes or something like that, then it'll probably be same, pretty much the same difference there. Um, I, I I think best case scenario, you're definitely right, though. I wouldn't be shocked if it was a hundred bucks more, but we'll yeah. see. We'll see. I mean, I just don't see any reason for them to make different storage capacities because i'm sure you're going to install the games onto the hard drive anyway mm. uh like you do with the ps4 so yeah absolutely like uh out of curiosity like i i'm thinking it's pretty clear based on how i've been slowly but surely switching to digital over the lifespan of the ps4 that i'm just going to go digital myself uh is this where you take the plunge joe or are you going to stay true to the disc version no, I, I'm ride or die with physical, baby. <laughs> like, you just never know. Like, for one, like, with the backwards compatibility, it's like, I, like I've got a ton of PS4 discs. Mm. Uh, like, I don't feel like reselling them and re-downloading them or whatever. Um, and, like, I just like the freedom of being able to say, like, like I don't actually like this game and just sell it off or trade it in or whatever, uh, which is something... Which is a the hard lesson that I learned with the first Destiny game uh, mm. back in 2014, where I was so excited for that game, and you know, like remember how excited we were for the first Destiny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to be, I will say that my wife is currently playing Destiny 2, the updated version, and she's enjoying <laughs> the heck out of it so far. So good for her. But yeah, Destiny One sucked. That was hard garbage. And... <laughs> like, like that's where I was like, huh, maybe I shouldn't pre-order digital games anymore. Mm. That's like, probably buy like I buy like I'm not like exclusively. Uh, you know, a physical media guy, like I'll buy stuff digital if the price is right. But like typically, like it's usually cheaper to get stuff physically anyway, even if it's on sale digitally. I mean, uh, that's like the one benefit I will definitely like granted and not contrasting or comparing it to Xbox. I'm sure they do great too. But PS, the PlayStation Network is actually really, really good with sales. Like it'll have some like real steals. Like I talked about a few of them on the show, like control you can get 20 bucks. Come on. Like Ritual of the Night, also twenty bucks. You could get that right now. Bloodstain, excuse me. It's like, yeah. So, they, and that's like a really clever way of slowly but surely getting you to switch over. Same thing with PlayStation Plus, where you can get like two free games that you can get digitally. Yeah, yeah. So, 
And, and this is also is a great step because it's going to happen, Joe. Like I, I know you probably know this already, but at some point, all everything's just going to be digital. GameStop's going to go out of business, and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just going to happen. And this is a good way of easing there, where like, okay, it's going to be digital one day, folks. But if you're not ready quite yet, here's the disc version at some point. And yeah, it's. Ultimately, it's just going to be, I think, better for the industry because if you don't need to worry about producing the actual game for people to buy, it's just going to mean better, more profit for them. But uh, we're not quite there yet, as we've we've illustrated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because these games are only going to get bigger. Also, mm. uh, like like I just bought Last of Us Part Two, you know, and you know, I shared, I I sent you an arcade picture of the back of the box. It's like, yep, this is a hundred gigs, uh, two discs. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's a that's a big game, <laughs> and you know games are only gonna get bigger as you know like as we get into the next console generation because those assets are gonna be you know more detailed. Uh, it's yeah, it's gonna be, and you know like and you know there's convenience to to buying digitally, but like the internet infrastructure here in the United States is not catching up or keeping up with it at all. Um, like Comcast still has a cap for most people of like a terabyte per month uh which you know if you buy a game and it's suddenly like 150 gigs it's like well shit that's 15 percent of your monthly cap for one game yeah yeah like uh part of the reason that we're using xfinity now is there is no cap like uh like we did that we had at&t uverse for a while that was a mistake and uh that (laughs) that cap kept getting us hit with overage charges so we had to get out of there yeah but Yeah. yeah so it's interesting. Like, do you remember how much Red Dead Redemption was? Uh, that's a nice, cool 100 gigs on my Xbox. Yeah, sounds about right there. I mean, like, I remember, I, th- I want to say it was like, yeah, it was like 88.56 gigabytes. I remember then that was gigantic. Like, you were telling me, like, there was a game that came out that was 20 gigs and people lost yeah, their shit. Yeah, like for Devil it. May Cry 4 back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Back in like 2006 or 7, whenever it came out. Um, cause back then it was like, it was a PS3 exclusive, right? Uh, and a lot of people bought the 60 gig edition of the PS3, but like they also sold a like a launch console with 20 gigs on it. <laughs> this fucking game took up, took up literally the entire thing. And it took like an hour to install on top of that. <laughs> God damn. Like, yeah. And you're a hundred percent right. There is going to come a day where you're going to need a terabyte and maybe you'll fit 10 games on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and we'll see what, because uh, during that presentation with Mark Cerny, he was talking about a, the expandable storage, because you can expand it uh, like you could with the PS3 and the PS4, uh, but because it's a solid state drive, uh, that's the stock hard drive, uh, <clears throat> you would need a solid state drive to replace it with. Um, you can connect like a regular hard drive to it via the USB port, but like you can only install like PS4 games on it like if you want to install ps5 games you need like an actual uh solid state drive um and those are expensive Mm. all right joe i'm gonna put you on the spot this is the tough question here so we've talked about it before like every console generation whoever's in the lead statistically usually fucks up somewhere (laughs) like xbox uh got full of itself after the success of the 360 to which PlayStation was able to take over with the PS4 by not charging a ridiculous amount of money and trying to make it a cable box. But (laughs) 
But before that, PlayStation was high off its own success by asking you to get a second job to get a PS3. Oh, God. <laughs> and that allowed the, the Xbox to sweep ahead here. So currently, PlayStation is in a comfortable lead right now. Yes. So do you think they're going to do something stupid is what I'm going to ask you. Like, are they going to charge a grand for this? This content? No, I don't know. That'd be crazy. <laughs> um, but, you know, like it's, it's really comes down to the messaging for all this stuff. Cause that's what really torpedoed the PS3 at first. And then the Xbox one was the messaging. Uh, Cause as consoles, like, yeah, like these are all, like these are all pretty similar enough where it's like, yeah, like you just picked one where, the games that you want to play on it like that's really all it should come down to yeah. uh but when someone comes out and says oh you'll get a second job for a seven six hundred dollar machine or <laughs> or with fucking with the xbox one it's like which was like some of the worst messaging i've ever seen okay oh, it's like like they kneecapped themselves so like it's really just up to like if sony wants to keep their lead it's really just like just tell us what it costs and, and shut your gap <laughs> and let the games do the talking I mean, I do. I am a little concerned with Xbox. I know it's great because, hey, uh, Xbox Live. But yeah, you know, are you going to spend another the six hundred dollars for it just to do that? Like, that, as far as I can tell, they haven't really announced a big first party game yet. So hopefully that's Not coming. Really, yeah. like really, like right now, the only one that I know for sure um, is Halo Infinite. Uh, they've been talking about that game for like two or three years at this point, though. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like, Microsoft's positioned themselves in a pretty smart way for the next gen. Uh, like, so I think, you know, Sony's got their work enough. Really. Um, like, who, like, who knows who can actually overtake the other. But, you know, like, with the Xbox Series X, um, like, they've got they're, – they're really smart with uh, the backwards compatibility. Like, they're like they're – like, if, if you can connect it to your Xbox One or if it runs on your Xbox One, it'll play and connect on your Xbox Series X. So, like, all your controllers – are compatible um like every backwards compatible game for the xbox one is going to be backwards compatible for the series x so you've got literally four generations of xbox games to play uh on day one uh for your xbox series x uh, and you know they came out they were the first ones to come out uh with uh with the smart delivery messaging you know like obviously playstation games are gonna be doing that too hmm. uh but you know like they they say that they're like yeah we're gonna be releasing our first party games on both systems and you'll buy one disc and, you know, depending on which system you put it in, it'll download the version for you. Uh, so like you can buy Halo Infinite when it comes out this year and you can pop it into your Xbox one and it'll download the Xbox one version or you pop that same disc into your series X and it'll download the series X version. Like, I, like I think that stuff's really cool. Um, and, you know, third party games, you know, are saying that they're going to do that between PS4 and PS5 as well, like with Madden and FIFA or whatever. Um, but you know, like Sony hasn't said anything about, you know, any of these games being on PS4 or PS5, but you know, like everything that they showed is going to be a PS5 only. So mm. I guess, I guess maybe it's a moot point, but like Microsoft basically saying that for the first two years that the Xbox series X is out, like they'll be putting out the games on both systems basically. Mm. So it'd be interesting. Uh, Hopefully this means that, you know, both uh, both companies are not going to do anything stupid right off, cause, which is ultimately going to be- benefit us. <laughs> like, hey, I want both companies going at each other on all cylinders, not telling you to get a third job at a time where you can't get a one. So, like, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. so let's, let's – I'm hoping for the best. But I like it. I, 
I think it, I can't wait. Like I'm a PlayStation guy, obviously. So <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do. Cause that conference just installed me with confidence, like seeing demon souls and all these other, you know, resident evil eight, which I was such a huge fan of that of seven. So I can't wait for this one here. So yeah, I, I can't wait for this new, new generation, man. Yeah, me too. Like aside from the price though, like the, the biggest question marks I still have left for, for PS5 is that I wonder what they're going to be doing with VR. Mm. Um, because I think they said that, you know, the VR stuff, the PS4 VR stuff is going to be backwards compatible. But, like, I don't know what that means going forward with, like, new VR stuff. Mm. Uh, like, what kind of headset? Um, pro- like, hopefully, like, a wireless headset. Like, <laughs> cool. I will say that I think that you're, you don't have anything to worry about. Just because something I noticed about the new PS5 it matches the headset now. <laughs> it sure does. Um, but, you know, there's still, like, hardware within the VR headset itself that they like, could use some updates for mm. a new generation of consoles. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, like, like the resolution uh, on the headset is not is way lower than, like, other VR headsets that you get on PC. Mm. Um, so, like, between the resolution and, like, wireless connectivity, um, there's a lot, a lot of progress to be made on the PlayStation VR front. Definitely. All right. Did you have anything else to add, buddy? Uh, no. All right. Just that I want one. <laughs> Same. Folks, thank you so much for waiting this long. We're back, folks, and we will see you again next month. Thank you for joining us for the firmware update, episode 218. I mean, if you want to follow us, please click on uh, that subscribe button on on iTunes. You can also, or on the podcast app for on your iPhone. You, you can also find us on little on other apps such as Pocket Pocket Cast, and hey, you can also follow us on our webpage the thefirmup.com, where you can find out uh, each every episode as they come. Also, like us on fake Facebook. <laughs> Facebook, Facebook, yeah, Facebook, and where we have a page where we also put, post those updates as well. And surprisingly, Joe, I don't know if you've been keeping up with it. We still get likes, like for we these. Do. We these, do. We, these last two years, we keep getting likes, even though we haven't put up content in forever. So, <laughs> thank you so much to those who do like us. We appreciate that. So, please like us on there as well. You can also follow us on Twitter at thefirmup.com, where we will let you know as we are going to release each new episode as they come. And you can follow me at PSMAL for me, at Wants23 for Joe. Joe, did I leave anything else out? Uh, I would say go to patreon.com. Uh, slash the firm up is that a, I don't even remember man we've got a patron but we uh, we've got one patron his name is Tyler Lee former co-host uh, he's, he's a sweetheart he's a great guy but hey if you help us out if you uh, donating there that'll encourage us to do more let's just say so <laughs> so please give there respectfully folks thanks so much for waiting for us back we will see you next month adios <laughs> <laughs>